So Stephen, um, I had unintentionally started a new, um, certainly not a trend, a new, uh, <laughs> fuck, what is it called? I was ready to go with the sentence and then my brain just shut off. It happens. Man. Oh, uh, I've unintentionally started a new tradition. Mm, oh, okay. Um, so on our last episode, we were both kind of run down from, you know, Thanksgiving and mm. just like, it was a short, shorter episode for us. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of like, after I got done recording, I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Mm. I still feel that way about the episode in general, <laughs> but like. Just throw it out there. I, I still do. Around, <laughs> I was walking around for a, a little while, you know, doing stuff around the house. And I was like, you know what? I think my problem is I just don't feel good. So mm. I threw up. Oh, and then okay. I felt I felt better. Hey. I felt better. So I, I I don't think I was food poisoned so much. Mm-hmm. Or again, if my family did try to food poison me, <laughs> you got me a little bit maybe. Yeah. But I bounced back pretty quickly. Yeah. Good try. Yeah. So that's the new tradition. Okay. <laughs> the <laughs> last episode of, of November. <laughs> I throw up afterwards. So, but it's a shitty podcast episode, and then you throw up afterwards. Yeah. I mean that the the shitty podcast part. That's no problem. We can do that easily. Yeah. But we do that. The, the vomiting thing. Yeah. I'm just gonna have to try to to train myself to remember. <laughs> Or at the very least, you know, make it a trilogy for next year. Okay. I feel like, you know, three times is good. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Man, that sounds like a great idea, mm-hmm. I will say. So keep yeah. up the tradition if it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> next year, we'll put it up on our Patreon, oh, uh, yeah. patreon.com. Uh, let's talk about stuff. <laughs> Slash. Why? <laughs> We keep that same tag because it works for so many things that we do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah, man. Well, um, I didn't do a such a thing, but uh, I did kind of like the short quality of the episode. Uh, I felt like we didn't even do one. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Uh, it felt so that's, short. That's what a lot of our <laughs> listeners have been saying. <laughs> but this one should make up this? for it. So we're gonna do. Why uh, did you do this? <laughs> we're gonna do a jam-packed one. Throw it back to Thanksgiving. This one's gonna be stuffed. Like a promiscuous turkey. What? Yeah, that turkey gets fucked. <laughs> Dirty turkey. Yeah. Gross. I don't know where to go from there because <laughs> it's like the visual now. For uh, the audience at home uh, listening to this, Stephen was looking away. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> very uncomfortably. <laughs> just, just searching for anything. Just looking for answers in life. <laughs> You set me on a journey. <laughs> hey, oh, Stephen, man. don't stop believing. Um, so, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Sometimes they're so quick that I'm like, wait a second, I have to play it back, and then it gets me. Uh, and I think on that note, we are doing it. So I'm Stephen. I'm Brent. And welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Yes. Today, we will be talking about uh, the Airborne Toxic Events first album the airborne toxic event i don't like what they're self-titled i know i don't know how to refer to that sometimes online they're like their self-titled debut and i'm like yeah but it has a title and it's called the same thing so i say it twice i don't know what to say brent (laughs) (sighs) i think self-titled is often less words to say sure than some well i don't know maybe that's not true are there a lot of like super wordy band names i mean this one is but i don't know yeah but i you know that's why people call them Mm -hmm. tate not taint. No, in. Tate. 
the Airborne Toxic event. Um, so this is my favorite band. Um, their debut album came out in 2008, and uh, Brent actually suggested that we review it this year because it's the 10-year anniversary. We had mentioned it mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year, whatever I found out about that being the 10-year anniversary. Uh, but you had suggested actually kind of review the album, which is really fun. Um, I hadn't... Uh, I hadn't listened to this album like straight through in a long time, and uh, and that's one thing like I I don't know if you do that ever, but uh, it's one thing I've always like meant to do more of is like find a band or an album that I like and just listen to it like sit down and like do nothing else. Like I always try to multitask and do all this other shit. Like if I put music on, I'm, I'm doing something else, you know. Yeah. But uh, I actually kind of sat down and like looked at the lyrics and like listened to all the music and like really kind of lived through it. It was really nice. So I'm glad you suggested it because I hadn't done that in a long time. So. Yeah, we had uh, discussed trying to do more music on this podcast mm-hmm. um, because, first of all, we're great at it. Absolutely. Um, it, 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 music <laughs> appears to be a series of notes uh-huh. uh, and possibly lyrics. I don't know. Mm. I'm still unsure. Yeah. But the, the researcher on it um, is very costly. It's $10,000 an hour. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. For a podcast. So, um, yeah. He'll, yeah. He'll bill you, Stephen. Oh, damn but, um So... Um, yeah, when you had mentioned this, mm. this album came out 10 years ago, I was like, oh yeah, we should definitely do that for the 10 year anniversary, mm. which was back in August. Yeah. So naturally <laughs> we will do it in December, but Hey, you know what? Same calendar year. There you still go. Counts. Still yeah. counts. 10 years, 10 years, whatever. That's fine. Uh, it's still a big <laughs> event and I'm very glad to be doing it. Um, yeah. uh, because I will, I will tweet this at, uh, the band and the mm-hmm. lead singer of the band, Mikel Jolay, who we talk about a lot on this, um, and I'm sure they won't respond, but I'm hoping they might like something. So that'd be cool. Uh, hey, that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> I don't expect them to listen to it by any stretch. Uh, but I'm still, anytime that I can uh, spread the word about them, because most people don't seem to know about this band, and I love this band. So anytime I can talk about yeah. them, that's great. So thank you again, Brent, for suggesting that. And uh, before that, though, we have a, a few mini topics we did want to discuss. Yes, and before that, what? it's like Inception of an Inception, <laughs> see here. Um, I, I did notice today that, uh, today, Sunday, mm. uh, December 2nd mm-hmm. is our, uh, pod friend Kent Blue's birthday. Oh. So Kent, happy birthday. Happy birthday, and, Kent. And, uh, go check out his podcast, Roll to Play. It's mm-hmm. excellent. Um, and I saw on Twitter yesterday, <laughs> tweeted by our friend <laughs> Mitch Oliver over at the terror table that, uh, Kent <laughs> actually had a role in a, uh, a horror movie. Yeah, what in, was that? Was 2015, 2016. <laughs> He's dressed like a Ninja Turtle, <laughs> like awesome. Raphael. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, it is on my my Prime list. So if you've got oh, cool. Amazon Prime, go watch the movie Bunny, B-U-N-N-I. Kent has a role in it. I don't think he's happy about it, but oh my God. you know what? It's okay. That we can all take so a minute to, to celebrate Kent Blue. <laughs> Again, dressed like a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I could not believe what I was seeing uh, when I saw it online and immediately added it to my uh, to my watch list on on Prime. But uh, but yeah, happy birthday, Kent. Happy birthday, uh, Kent. Enjoy that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday. You might not like this thing that you were in, but I just told everybody to go check it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so funny, though. Like, whatever, whoever posted that, I, I, I didn't know who that was from the charity table. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, but what what is this from? I never saw anybody <laughs> say that, so I'm glad you mentioned it. I didn't know that it was on Prime. I'm very excited to check this out. Luckily, Andy from um, Erie International mm. posted later in that thread. He had a a link to the episode that they did that, oh. where they had Ken. This is like several layers deep. That's like this crazy. is research intensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I found out uh, an episode of Erie International. Mm had 
Kent on to discuss his role in that movie. And uh, that's how I found the title of it. And yeah, so awesome. Now we're putting it out there to the tens of people. Oh, yeah. That listen oh, to yeah. our show. We're spreading the love. <laughs> yeah. Two to three people at a time. <laughs> we have a good the same people. The yeah. same people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> oh, Amanda doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi, Sarah. Maybe. Does she still listen? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, hi, Savannah. <laughs> you put it on for your dog. <laughs> Speaking of birthday, mm-hmm. and by that I mean the opposite of it, uh, our first mini topic is oh, the passing, the sad passing of Steven Hillenburg, who was the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. Mm. Um, unfortunately, he uh, lost his battle with ALS, which is a motherfucker. Uh, it's taken a, a lot of people, but um, I do want to, uh, to to give him props and uh, and uh, you know pay respects for his his work mm. um i haven't seen like a ton of spongebob but yeah. I, i've seen some episodes of it i've seen both movies um and mm. i think it's general generally a fun show mm. and um everybody fucking knows who spongebob is like that's everybody true. that's true like <laughs> little little kids and then all the way up to grandparents know who he is it's a very distinct look and characterization mm-hmm. um and I, that's hard to pull off in a yeah. day and age where we've got Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. We've also got SpongeBob, who is kind of like a, a third, um, like major kids' cartoon character. Yeah. That's you know all mm. ages friendly. Um, and to uh, modern classic. To give, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And to give some like behind the scenes um, uh, info, when we were making a list of doing different pop culture combat contenders, mm-hmm. I always had SpongeBob set to the side, trying to think of like a good match for him. Oh, but there's like. <laughs> nobody like yeah i'm I'm sure there are other characters out there but i mean just not not anything with the um gravitas of a one mr spongebob square pants so so yeah so uh, rest in peace steven hillenberg yeah um i was wondering when you put this on here i didn't know if it was like you basically just said the the general um gravitas of this pop culture icon sort of that he created Mm -hmm. um because i didn't know you never really talked about spongebob i I was never really a fan so much like uh, i think i just missed the boat on that um, mm-hmm. it, it's weird because it was like popular with people like you like kids, but then like teenagers and stuff and like 20 somethings, but like somewhere that I fell when it came out, I just like wasn't in that zone. So yeah. I never really gravitated towards it, but I recognize it as like a cultural icon that people really do like it. It's just not like my thing. However, yeah. whenever he uh, passed away the other day, someone posted on Reddit and I didn't, it didn't say SpongeBob for a while. So I didn't know who it was, but they talked about mm-hmm. this guy who was a teacher and he created like an animated like characters or like these cartoon characters. I'm not sure what he really did. If he made like a little cartoon, but like for his students um, to like teach them about the animals and stuff in the ocean or whatever. And then that morphed into SpongeBob like later on, like he started as like a teaching project or something. And at first I was just like, that's just so cool. Like some teacher like used his like cartoon skills, whatever to like teach kids. That's awesome. Um, and then it's like, oh, this is like, he seems like a really good guy. Like people that we're talking about online, he just seemed like a really genuinely good guy. So, yeah. uh, so that kind of like struck me. I just had never really known much about him or, or that show. So, um, but definitely rest in peace. Um, as a, uh, interesting note, he was born in Lawton, Oklahoma. Really? Really? Uh, and, and raised in Anaheim, California. But you know what? Oklahoma, we, yeah. we got this one. Yeah. I don't know why we don't talk about the, that more here. <laughs> Like that should be a big thing. Like, like we have Garth Brooks and Vince Gill. Uh-huh. Okay, what else you got? Yeah, Steven Hillenburg. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, all uh, from everything I've heard. Yeah, just a genuinely yeah. good guy. So uh, he will be missed. 
Um, so let's move on to the Avengers issue number 10 slash 700. So this this one's a big one. Um, not only in the like story wise, but also just a larger number of pages <laughs> in this issue. <laughs> Once again, can you describe to me how this would be since I read this in Comicsology? How this would be on like paper form? Would this actually be like a size bigger issue, or is it just more pages? No, it's uh, physically the same like trim size. Okay. So. Um, it, it's just, yeah, more pages gotcha. in that issue. Okay. So, uh, bigger staples, uh, oh, are used. Yeah, sweet, sweet. Um, hmm, yeah. That's Collectors so really like the expensive. bigger staples. <laughs> <laughs> it really shows it off the, the spine. Hey, what size staples do you have in that? <laughs> that's a, you'll hear that a lot at comic book conventions, comic book shops. You'll mm-hmm. hear that a lot. That's, that's yeah. a, that's a big thing I had to learn about with staples. Yeah. You know, I've made my own comics in the past and the reason I haven't been able to like package up a physical comic is because mm-hmm. I'm saving my money to get oh, those yeah. good staples, yeah. you know? Platinum. Oh yeah, platinum staples, you know? <laughs> Peace easies. <laughs> if you're not using those, what are you even doing in the game? You know? Yeah, just get out, yeah. you know? Nope. Pretend like you're a movie by <laughs> Jordan Peele. <laughs> Jordan Peele. <laughs> and get out. <laughs> Oh, man. I had, the, I, had the, <laughs> I had the name Peel in my brain, but I, I could not think of the first one. I was just like, should I just say Key and Peel? <laughs> key and Peel minus the key? Yeah. No, his first name is Kean. Like K E Y A N. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Kean. Key, yeah. key and Peel? Yeah. That's what I, it's a nickname. That's what yeah, I call key it. Key and Michael Peel. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember his real name anymore because it's just Kean now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Cool. We got it. Nailed it. Okay, so Avengers issue seven. Um, so this is written by Jason Aaron with uh, art by David Marquez and Justin Ponser uh, with Corey Pettit as the letterer. And I forgot to leave the, uh, or I forgot to mention the credits on the last issue. Mm. They all worked on the, the previous issue, number nine as well. Um, but in addition to that crew, we've also got Ed McGinnis. We've got Fraser Irving, Adam Kubert, and Andrea Sorrentino as guest artists. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, colorists are, uh, let's see, Eric, oh boy, Eric <laughs> Archaniga. Uh, yeah. Fraser Irving does colors as well, Matthew Wilson, and Giada Marchisio. That would sound uh, pretty so, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you Italian? So, uh, just a little bit, Stephen. <laughs> nope, it went bad. <laughs> I still liked it. I did. So... So. Again, we won't uh, we won't go beat by beat for this, but uh, in the previous issues, we've had the the threat of Atlantis and Nemmore mm-hmm. attacking, um, and this <clears throat> issue resolves that in a big way, where uh, the Avengers take on Nemmore and his was it the Defenders of the Deep, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the Avengers have some help in a way. Yep. Um, and uh, and then there are uh, yeah, there's a big battle with uh, you know various teams, and then uh, some essentially some after credit scenes for mm-hmm. this book. And uh, one thing I'll mention is when the uh, this issue first or I'm sorry the series first started, it was announced that there is going to be an eight an eight person Avengers team mm. with the eighth chair essentially being a rotating slot. Mm. And in the first arc, we had Doctor Strange there. 
We saw him a little bit mm. in, I think it was issue eight, where mm. he was doing some, um, he was like studying She-Hulk, and then he was like, okay, gotta go, bye! Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he fucked off. Um, so for this issue, it's really just the main seven that are taking on Namor's Defenders of the Deep. Um, but uh, we have a sense of who's going to fill the eighth spot at the end of this issue, but we'll, we'll save that for a little bit later. Um, now, this issue does begin by introducing the um, some Russian heroes. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it has the, uh, possibly the, the greatest number two page of all time. Dude, it's awesome. <laughs> when I when I saw this, so I, I read comicsology where I like it like zooms in on each panel. <clears throat> so this is Guided technically view. yeah okay. This is uh, this is technically the like like fifth page to me. Then uh, okay. instead of the second, it was like a lot of buildup with these like, little panels about what was happening. And whenever it finally revealed it, I fucking lost my shit, dude. It was so awesome. <laughs> I, this this oh my whole God. issue did you have was, to buy new pants. I did. <clears throat> I bought two just in case. Uh, he shows up again. Uh, Got back up for backup. <laughs> this started it. This whole issue is amazing, but uh, but this this started is awesome. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember their name. Their like team name, like the Red Guard or something like that. Winter Guard. Winter Guard. Yeah. There you go. Which um, is also the name of my tire brand for the winter. <laughs> the Winter Guard tires. Hey, hey, is this sponsored content? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> okay, okay. I, th- I thought we were uh, wait- uh, waiting into something. Um, but yeah, so uh, page two, we've got uh, a reveal. Well, actually, you know what? Just for the purposes of setting it up, uh, the, the issue starts in Siberia. There's a an old shack that has a helicopter in front of it. Um, it shows that there's some guy that's there to deliver some uh, paperwork for a new mission mm-hmm. to this mysterious character. We can't see who this guy is talking to, this Russian guy. Um but we do see that the inside of this shack has claw marks all over it. There's some broken glass and like bones and carcasses all over the floor. Um, this character is drinking shitty vodka, mm-hmm. evidently. And um, through the conversation, we can piece together that um, whoever has been set up in the shack has killed several of its own handlers. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we turn the page and we get a, <laughs> a full page what we call splash page of a character that is just a an anthropomorphic grizzly bear called oh yeah major mikhail ursus aka ursa major it's awesome it's incredible what yeah. more do you need to say uh <laughs> this issue is an 11 out of 10 <laughs> moving on <laughs> he's just holding a bottle of vodka and a shot glass of vodka uh it's awesome it's such a tiny it shot was, glass. It is on his, hands, <laughs> his claws. It was such a good reveal. Uh, I didn't see it coming. I didn't know it was going to happen. Uh, I didn't yeah. need to be a fucking like straight up bear though. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, they went for it. They went for it. Yeah. Um, the Winter Guard is a uh, like an actual team in Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. but we don't see them too often. Okay, uh, I was wondering. It's yeah, cool though. Uh, I like the juxtaposition of the um, like as they go through it, they become like um, straight opposites of the. Like current Avengers, basically, they all yeah. have like similar powers. Because um, mm-hmm. there's like, there's what do they call them? The well, there's like um, the Iron Man one, but it's like the the Russian oh, the Iron Crimson Man. Dynamo. Yeah, the Crimson Dynamo. Yeah. And they even say it's like the Russian Iron Man or whatever <laughs> yeah. at some point. Um, so it's like funny, but like it's it's cool um, to see them kind of fight and stuff later on that way. So yeah, um, we also see some of the other um, 
Winter Guard characters. They're essentially trying to get the the team back together mm-hmm. to take down Namor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we uh, you know get to the the scene where um, in the South Pacific, Namor is attacking this. Um, uh, let's see, what do they call it? Some type of uh, I don't know, like sea life study program. Yeah, thing biosphere thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not anything that they're doing to. Like they're literally just like studying <laughs> sea life or whatever, yeah. and uh, How dare Namor's they? a yeah, Namor, uh, he's uh, taking all of his uh, frustrations out on on this place, um, and then we get another reveal of yet another anthropomorphized character, um, and I this is the first time we're seeing him in this series, but I'm I'm familiar <laughs> with this character. I turned the page, I thought fuck yes, uh, because uh, we got Gor- Gorilla Man uh-huh. in this issue. And uh, I guess he's like the new Jarvis for the most part. Uh-huh. Uh, he says he's not a butler, but I mean, uh, it seems like he's going to be the the one sending them on missions and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's very excited to to see him. Are you familiar with Gorilla Man? <laughs> no, I'm not. I didn't know who he was. I was uh, whatever I saw him at first. It was pretty awesome, though. Again, mm-hmm. whenever it um, the way that it reveals whenever you're you're looking at it um, and the comicsology is really fun because it like zooms in on the little panel and then it zooms in on him and then like zooms out and then it zooms back out and he's like on cables and stuff and i was like this is fun i don't know who this is and then he's really like witty and stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah i dug it see i think if this was back in if we were reading this magically somehow reading a 2018 comic back in let's say 2009 or 10 Mm -hmm. and you saw like talking animals you'd be like this is fucking weird Mm -hmm. but you've been acclimated to rocket raccoon so oh, okay. Yeah, I get you. You kind of, you kind of get it. It's, it's just like, the oh, the shit's weird. Yep. All right, <laughs> you just roll. With I'm it. down for it. Yeah, <laughs> that it could actually. Exist. It's funny. Like some of the things in the books, I think, are still a little more like comic booky than like the movies yeah. will go. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't feel such a stretch, really, from that either. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I like that. It's 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 kind of fun in a way that um, for me, going from the movies to the books, that it's like a little extension of what the movies would do. But it's also, like, it doesn't feel so far out of the realm after, like, Guardians of the Galaxy has been out and stuff. And not just Rocket, right. but just, like, that, the tone of that movie and all that stuff. Like, that, there's that so zaniness. many things. Yeah, yeah. All these things they introduce that it's just, like, I'll just go with anything. So if if uh, Gorilla Man, like, showed up sometime in the movies, I'd be like, okay. You know, like, at this point, <laughs> that, that's fine. So it's interesting, like, what they could probably pull in now and get away with, you know? Yeah. I hope Gorilla Man sticks around. I would assume so. I uh, mean, we they've had nine issues to lead up to introducing him into the series, but they just dropped him in, in yeah. this one, which is fine. Uh, but I don't look, if you're going to give me a gorilla man, don't take him away. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It needs to be reoccurring. Don't do that sure. to Brent. Oh, do not. <laughs> um, so we also have the, the various Avengers. They're all like kind of doing their own mm-hmm. things or often pairs doing shit. Um, but they all get summoned because again, Namor's tearing up this biosphere thing. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a, a part where Steve Rogers is talking to General Ross and um, Ross ends up calling in an agent or call in, yeah, um, bring in the agent. And we mm-hmm. don't know who the agent is at this point. Um, again, so we finally get to the uh, biosphere with uh, the Avengers and Namor's Defenders of the Deep. And uh, we're over to the Ed McGinnis art at this point. We started off mm. with David Marquez. Did you notice any change in the art um, when you were reading this previously? Um, I didn't until you mentioned it. Yeah. 
but it feels it's it's so weird. It's like after you mention things, it's like yeah, I can kind of see that, but I didn't really notice mm-hmm. it at the time. There's one okay. later on that's like very noticeable. Uh, yes. Art change, yeah. yes, <laughs> that yeah. one's easy. But uh, okay, <laughs> but now that I'm looking at it, yeah, it seems different. So okay, cool. Um, so yeah, th- this is pretty much just a massive like fight issue, um, which is cool. I mean, we've this is the third part of this arc. Um, it seems like it was you know, kind of wrapping up or, or needing to, to move the pace mm-hmm. up a little bit. Yeah. And this one does that. The Avengers take on the Avengers, I'm sorry, the Defenders of the Deep. There's, um, they struggle uh, a little bit and um, they're kind of going back and forth on it. I love seeing the Black Panther Namor fight. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because of the reasons we discussed in the previous episodes, they just have bad blood between themselves mm-hmm. and, and their kingdoms. Um, and uh, about that time, we've got the Winter Guard coming in and, on this splash page, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different characters, and they also have, uh, for the most part, like you said, the um, mm. counterparts to um, to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, it, as as they're all introduced, you kind of get their names and a little bit of kind of an idea of what their powers are. Um, Crimson Dynamo, like you said, <laughs> it says the Russian Iron Man on there. Um, we've got. Um, uh, it looks like uh, Perun, which is a Slavic storm god, so essentially the Russian Thor. Mm-hmm. We've got Vanguard, the Russian super soldier, so an analog for Captain America. The best one, though, is right there in the middle. <laughs> it says Ursa Major, whom we met you know, at the beginning of the story. <laughs> it doesn't really give you an idea of his power set, but it also kind of does. It says Ursa Major, world's drunkest bear. <laughs> That's really all you need to know. I love the bear it. is shit-faced this whole time. I love it because it, it totally works. It's like a bear by itself is already terrifying. You don't really need to give it superpowers, but he's just anthropomorphized. So it's like, oh, he can like, he he thinks he can talk like a human, but then yeah. also he's fucking hammered. So he, imagine <laughs> just a bear hammered and it's like, yeah, that sounds fucking terrifying. Do you ever see interviews with actors where they're talking to uh, like a late night host or maybe like um, James Lipton or whatever? Mm-hmm. And they always talk about the actor's secret. Like, here's the thing the actor knows about the character they're playing that no one else knows. Mm. Or the major secret is, <laughs> hey, I am fucked up right now. He just assumes when he sees two people, just lash out of both of them. He's got big arms, huge claws. He'll mm-hmm. probably kill everybody. Just like, fuck yeah. it. doesn't matter. It's fine. He doesn't um, seem to care. Yeah. Also, as we were leading into that, and you were like, you know, like an actor, I was like, my immediate thought was Gary Busey. <laughs> like uh ursa majors breaking down yeah. acronyms for everything oh my god uh. major must <laughs> annihilate jerks or robotussin what all right oh man good dialogue too yeah Oof. all right so um so yeah we we've got the defenders of the deep We've got the Avengers, now we've got the Winter Guard, they're all scrapping together, and the Winter Guard is essentially taking over and, and fighting the uh, Defenders of the Deep characters, um, and kind of making short work of them. Um, the Avengers are maybe helping a little bit, but not really doing a whole lot. There's a Red Widow character who is just hiding off mm. up in the, the, the rafters of this place, um, kind of keeping things um, on track, or maybe planning a strategy or whatever, mm. um, as far as we're aware. Uh, but, uh, Namor gets punched right in the mush by two different gods, um, from the, the Winter Guard side, and, uh, the Winter Guard is turning out to be a a pretty effective team Mm -hmm. here. 
Um, now, when I mentioned earlier that Steve Rogers was talking to General Ross, the main conversation they were having is that by the Black Panther being the new chairman of the Avengers, that essentially puts Wakanda more closely in charge of of the Avengers team, or, or at least making the Avengers more worldly instead of United States focused. Yeah. And uh, that was something that uh, General Ross was concerned about. Normally, it's the the Avengers have worked with the government or at least been on the side of the United States specifically. Mm. Um, they've taken on global threats or cosmic threats before, but, you know, it's U.S. has been more comfortable, you know, having them on, on their, having a closer association. I guess yeah. when you have the, the leader of the Avengers be a guy with the word America in its title, sure. they felt more comfortable. But um, that's not the case. So now we see the the Russian team here. They're kicking ass, you know, taking names pretty easily from what we can tell. Uh, we've got a drunk bear yep, who knows no bounds. And, um, yeah, so uh, it, it seems like uh, Russia has their stuff in order mm. in a way. So yeah, they're as fun going to see. Through, oh, yeah. Like see, different see characters and stuff dynamics yeah. and whatnot um and even though we kind of just know the surface level of these characters there's enough like analogs there where we can kind of piece together oh this character is probably like this like mm -hmm. you know the uh super soldier on the russian side is he has a circular shield and yeah. everything we kind of get his his deal he's got a star part. but like not like cap america's star really yeah uh yeah, yeah. a russian star you could say i don't yeah. know yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we've got the, the, uh, the fight wrapping up and, um, Namor, he punches two of his like fish characters or his cohorts, uh, right in the guts and, oh, and murders them. And then he, uh, pisses right off. Mm -hmm. Um, after all this, the, the winter guard and the Avengers are facing off and, uh, there's a really cool like shot of them, like the Avengers mm -hmm. on the left side, the winter guard on the right. And yeah, you can kind of see how each of the, the characters stack up. It's not necessarily a one-to-one -one for, yeah. for some of these, but, uh, you know, pretty close. And um, the Winter Guard takes off, and uh, they head back to Mother Russia uh, to fight the <laughs> moose and squirrel. And uh, the Avengers, they end up dragging the, the biosphere uh, closer to land, or uh, I guess maybe to a navy or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember where it went, but I don't know. They make it safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, um, so that wraps up the, the main fight issue. Also, we have another appearance by Gorilla Man, so all is well and good there. Yep. Hopefully he will, will return. Yeah. Um, He's got a dope suit. Yeah. Okay. So this is the meat and potatoes. <laughs> okay, so the, the fight was fun. Yeah, that was, sure. That was cool. I liked all of that. Um, but this is this is the stuff I've been I've been looking forward to mm -hmm. for this Avengers series, laying the foundation of stories to come, mm -hmm. essentially. So we're back in D.C. We see in a, uh, a darkly lit office of General Ross. He's looking at some photos about the skirmish that just went down. And uh, we see he's talking to this agent that he mentioned earlier in the in the comic. He's talking about. Uh, America needs its own team to be able to control. And uh, after you turn the page, we get a shot of who that agent is, which is Agent Phil Coulson. Oh, man. That's right from the MCU. Um, he's been around on, in the comics for a while, but okay. uh, he was killed a while back by Deadpool. Oh. That's right. Wow, that's a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's standing here with a revealed team called, and spoilers, of course, 
called the Squadron Supreme of America. So the Squadron Supreme is a Marvel comics team that are essentially analogs for the Justice League. Oh, and okay. That makes more this sense specifically now. is a take on the Justice League of America. So this adding huh. of America to this makes it, this is America's superhero team that's going to be their premier team. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing how the Avengers stack up against these characters because essentially you've got standing in the front there, um, that's Hyperion. Okay. Um, he's the Superman analog to his uh, to his left or to our left. Wait, hit. Yeah, the guy with the pointy things uh, that looks like Batman. Uh, uh-huh. That's Nighthawk. Nighthawk? Is that right? I don't know if that's right. Is that, why does that sound weird to me? I don't know. I don't know at Steven, all. answer the question. I don't know who any of these people were, except for Coulson. <laughs> okay. I was very excited Coulson was there. Well, we've got, yeah, we've got uh, characters that look like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Uh, we've got a guy, <laughs> the guy in the back with the lightning bolts over his eyes, uh-huh. over those goggles. That guy's name, he, he runs real fast. What's his name, Stephen? Fasty? Mm. Quick, quickster. I, I wish his name was Fasty. <laughs> what is it? His name is The Wizard. The what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the guy between uh, Hyperion and um, and uh, the like Power Princess? I mean, I can't think of her name. No. Uh, but uh, has a blue mask on that is uh, Dr. Spectrum, I think. It's like a Green Lantern type oh, okay. character. Um, um, the the Wonder know. Woman looking lady, the uh, one that looks exactly like Wonder Woman. <laughs> exactly. So I didn't I didn't think of this as a direct analog. He it's funny because the guy on the on our left uh, looks like Batman, but with mm-hmm. like gold ears, like from the yeah. eyes up, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that. Like I I didn't really connect Superman because that guy's like belt. It looks like belt underwear. All all the yeah together. It doesn't look like mm-hmm. Superman to me. So I didn't like capture all of that. But the Wonder Woman one, I was like, well, that's weird. That's a direct copy of Wonder Woman. Like, she even has like the, like a choker thing and like the the headband yeah. and all that. Like, it looks like so much like her. So that one, I yeah. thought they were just like a riff. I didn't know any of the other ones were, but that's uh, it makes yeah, that's, it more interesting to me that now you describe it. Yeah, um, and I think these are all characters from a from a different universe that ended up getting folded into the Marvel universe somehow. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. I don't know continuities. <laughs> kind of flexed over the years so yeah i don't know if that's still the thing but uh very much seeing or looking forward to seeing how how that plays out because yeah. that's just a, a cool thing but they're all heroes too so you know they should be nice to each other come yeah. on guys. Oh, come on let's get along they won't you know like all of america right now we're all getting along <laughs> super well it's great it's great yeah. uh so after that page we've got a story with uh robbie reyes uh the newest ghost writer and uh we saw that his his uh younger brother uh, Gabe, Gabe, mm. um, who's in a wheelchair. He was given a, um, like a hover chair by Iron super Man. Super cool. Yes, that is super cool with Tony. Um, and I call him Tony. Um, so, uh, d- was this the notice- noticeable art change? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> this is the weirdest comic book art I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's uh, Fraser Irving. Yeah, he does all of the the line and, and color art here. Yeah, um, and like I don't like the along. I don't like the first page where it shows mm-hmm. like Robbie and Gabe when it goes to um, showing um, Odin and everything. Yes, um, Odin it looks, shows up. It looks so fucking cool. Like this is so inventive mm-hmm. and different, and it's really kind of um, the way that the story plays out and like what they're doing basically kind of works for it. But it mm-hmm. was 
extremely drawing to me at first. <laughs> I did not know what was happening. Totally different. See, the, the two beginning artists, David Marquez and Ed McGinnis, um, to me, they, they have a different style, but kind of generally like superhero-esque. Yeah. This yes. is, yeah, more painterly, Painty, more... Yeah. Um, it's all digital here. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so Odin shows up. Um, he sees this new ghostwriter, comes back to take his vengeance, and Robbie was actually able to handle his own here. Um, and uh, my favorite part of this whole thing is like they both just like get so heated and like Robbie's trying to defend himself. It's like, hey, this was a, a different guy that you knew this yeah, yeah. <laughs> so long ago. I'm a totally different guy. And Odin, uh, you know, finally calms down and they um, sit there and drink. Uh, I don't know if it's a beer or what, but. Um, oh, he gives him coffee. Coffee, that's what yeah. it is. Because he's like, this coffee, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> so they're, you know, kind of chit-chatting and whatnot. And um, Odin mentions, you know, kind of the, the history of, of what happened and and um, essentially blames himself for, um, you know, the Celestials and, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's different to see Odin so humble. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the MCU version, like the movie version of Odin is more... Um, understanding but the comic mm-hmm. book version of odin at least over the past 10 15 years or so is pretty much like a hard ass like yeah he that makes sense doesn't listen to he doesn't listen to thor first of all because mm-hmm. that's his son what does he fucking know and yep. he's just like super stubborn doesn't take any new information so um this is a it, it, it was interesting to read i, I liked it quite a bit mm-hmm. um and then uh ghost rider takes odin for a ride in his car and uh odin's like this isn't fast and uh, it is, though. Yeah. We all know oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, we have another art change here. Mm-hmm. We've got Adam Kubert drawing a story that had to be maddening for you to read. I would oh, imagine. it's so weird, yeah. <laughs> so this, this is what story... I was wondering, if, that, if the issue is supposed to actually be big or not, but I think it's because you, like, turn it. Yes. So it just becomes, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, so these are essentially double page spreads. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, half, like the the left side would be. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a here. it's kind of like a Playboy because it's like you turn it sideways and like yeah. it's like ooh mm-hmm. let let it flow out so you can see the giant <laughs> celestials, you know. <laughs> so I was reading this on Comicsology as well. I was reading it on my computer here, uh-huh. and I got to this page, and the way this is laid out, and we'll post this to our Twitter and Instagram so people can see how maddening this would be. Yeah. But um, it starts off with um, things reading normally, and then the panels slowly turn, as do the word balloons, so you have to like read it with your head crooked over yeah. to the left. Um, but I finally just broke out my, my phone, pulled it up on my phone and just like set my phone flat yeah. and just like turned it how I needed it to and zoomed in. But, um, essentially we've got Loki who was taken by the Celestials in issue, I think it was the beginning of issue eight to wrap up issue six. Mm. And, um, so we see that Loki's been taken here and is, um, having to defend himself against the Celestials and their decisioning, and there's a surprise character that shows up, which is Wolverine, freshly back from the dead. Oh, my God. And um, this goes back to that Marvel Legacy issue we talked about a while back. We we can find out here that he's got, like, the Phoenix Force powers. Oh, my God. I was we get so a excited. Of, like, <laughs> that's cool, right? Yes. Um, we get a preview of some, like, different, like, imagery. Like, there's a, a splash page of all these different 
things that we can see in the like Marvel Universe's future. We've got Hyperion smashing Captain America's shield. Um, mm. We've got the Man Thing with Thor's hammer, which is oh, great. Okay. Uh, we've got a Samurai Punisher. We've got Namor again being pissed off. We've got Moon Knight down there with an army of zombies. Uh, and of course, we've got Ursa Major, mm. or perhaps just a regular bear. Oh man, that'd be kind of random if they added <laughs> that. But all right. Yeah. Um, and, and oh, then, and there's uh, uh, up uh, in the right corner. That's mm-hmm. uh, what's his face from the canceled Netflix show. Oh, Iron Fist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, rest in peace, Daredevil as well. Seriously, got I forgot. Oh my god, I think they're moving to Disney Channel. I think whatever so. it is, <laughs> Disney Channel it's proper. A- <laughs> Disney, it's not Disney Plus. They were going to call it that or something. What is it called? The new yes, streaming? Disney Plus. Yeah. Disney Plus? Is that what it is? Okay. They're, it it they're was Disney things. Play, we thought. And then, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Disney, yeah. Disney Plus. Gotcha, gotcha. Right now, an all new DuckTales, followed by <laughs> Daredevil. Wow. You should do that on the podcast all the time to like say what we're about to do. <laughs> that sounded great. Uh, this was an infuriating part of the book to read, though, as well, because of the, the changing direction. Yeah. Uh, it was really weird. But holy shit, whenever it showed um, Wolverine, I was like, what the fuck? And then he started like lighting up and I was like, what's happening? I didn't know what was going on. And then uh, somebody even said like, I think it's like Loki's like, there's a, like a, a Phoenix Wolverine. And I was like, there's a Phoenix Wolverine? <laughs> this book is crazy. It is. It is. Um, and then after that, we, um, we could see that Loki and Wolverine are going to team up and they're going to go do something i don't, I don't yeah. remember what it was like get the infinity stones maybe i'm well, not sure there's, I, know there's yeah, a, I don't know a, a mini series coming up that has mm. logan and loki in it oh, um, fun. the two lows two lows that's, two lows. <laughs> that's their, their that's your name. name oh yeah <laughs> um and uh, yeah so they're flying off on an asteroid to go do that and then at the end of that page we see the wasp has been tasked with going to track down a, a character. She's supposed to do some uh, recon, essentially, but that's not her style, and we have another art change. This is Andrea Sorrentino, um, another big contrast here. Um, it works so for this we have one, her, I think. Yeah. Do what? I think it works for, uh, like, it's in, like, Romania, and yeah. uh, the region once known as Transylvania, and uh, it's blah, cool. Blah, blah. It's a cool uh, look for that, for the air, mm-hmm. like, that area. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got her flying through this like yeah through Romania she um is being tracked by all these bats she has to fly in this really cool sequence we can see her like flying through all these zombies hands and uh avoiding all of those she gets to the chamber uh where this character is being held and whoever she's talking to on the other end says you're just doing a uh, recon come back and let us know she's like that's not my style I'm gonna free this person we turn the page and last page of the issue, she's there to get the eighth mm. character of the Avengers team going forward, I would imagine. That's right. Because she's in Romania, a.k.a. Transylvania, she goes and gets Count Chocula. What? No one yeah. saw it coming but Brent. <laughs> Look, we've been talking about this. We've manifested this into reality. There you this go. This is happening. No, she's uh, there to get Blade. Oh, my God. So exciting. I was yeah. so floored when I saw that. Like, again, because there's so many movies out there, but like Blade isn't like part of like the MCU. You know, it's like Blade had his movies and stuff. I don't, I don't really connect them as well. Like when you said like mm-hmm. Deadpool had killed Coulson at one point, I was like, oh, that's weird because they wouldn't be in the same movie together. But it's like, no, yeah. 
you have to imagine they're all together. It's yeah. fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. This was yeah. like the this issue I felt for me delivered on the promise that like I've talked about it a little bit before too, but like comics can do anything. Yeah. This one was like as epic as it as it said it was gonna be, I was like, holy shit, this book was fucking epic. It's yeah. pretty rad. So Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all been leading to this. Yeah, to Blade. And all new DuckTales, <laughs> followed by Blade. <laughs> Oh man! Now I really want to watch Blade. <laughs> I haven't seen those in forever. An all new Blade. Um, yeah, so we, we've got Blade. He's going to be on the Avengers team, and this is funny because way back in like two thousand five, two thousand six, when Brian Michael Bendis was taking over the Avengers, and they were starting the new Avengers team with um, you've got uh, Cap and Iron Man, but you also have Spider Man and Wolverine, kind mm-hmm. of like the big hits of, of Marvel, mm-hmm. all on the same team there. Um, one of the characters he had mentioned about wanting to bring in as one of the um, the the on the Avengers squad is Blade, and so for a long time I was waiting for Blade to be part of the team. Yeah. I'm like, I'm ready, let's go. <laughs> There's even a, a mystery character called Ronan that was introduced who wore this like um, not quite samurai armor, but um, something similar to that. He had these swords, you know. He was dressed all in black. Couldn't see his face, but I was like, I know what he's doing here. Yeah. It's gonna be a big reveal. It's Blade. Turned out it, it was not Blade, and Blade was never in his run at all. <laughs> oh, that sucks. So I was disappointed. But, Here you, uh, go. you know, a scant 13 years later, and uh, you know what? We got him. We you got to wait a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited. I've never seen Blade in comic book form before at all. So oh, okay. This would yeah. be all new to me. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, it looks like he's still wearing sunglasses, even though he is chained up in a dungeon in Transylvania, or Romania, uh, yeah. which I approve of. Uh, <laughs> that they were like, even though we're going to chain him up, he said, don't take him off. We're not going to take him off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they, they added that part from uh, Wesley Snipes, who on the set of Blade, who would always be wearing sunglasses from, uh, Did he really from what I hear. Oh. Yeah, at least on Blade Trinity. That was the, that was the whole thing. But Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so this was a, a really rad book. I dug it a whole lot. It was, it was. Um, so next issue is Avengers number 11, but, Stephen, mm. we're finally caught up on the Avengers, so oh. we're good not, until like two weeks from now or something like that. Oh, <laughs> so, damn, wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, I will say that on the cover that they're showing for issue 11 is uh, mm. She-Hulk and uh, Thor. Mm-hmm. Like, Thor looks very happy to see her. Mm-hmm. There's not a boner. No, he's got a, he's got a rockin' boner. He's got okay. I didn't want to mention it, but Brent Brent went there, so mm-hmm. he's he's yeah. got one. But uh, yeah. man, he his his first off his his golden beard too is very nice. It uh, is, yeah. But yeah, he's got a big old smile looking at She Hulk's eyes. So mm-hmm. grabbing her bicep, <laughs> his hand barely even fits around a portion of her bicep. That's true. It's That's crazy. true. Crazy, you know. Sexy. There's somebody for everyone. Yeah. You know? Hey, damn straight, man. So, uh, so yeah. Interesting. Caught up. Won't have that for a little bit. Yep. All right. So that was a a very long conversation about the Avengers number 700, but it's a big issue. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Some, some say it's the greatest issue facing us today. (laughs) Right. Remember two years from now, mm -hmm. get out there and vote Mm -hmm. for Avengers issue 700. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time in, mankind's history where a comic book has been voted in as a president of the United States of America. Uh, I don't know that this would do a whole lot of good for us, but at this point it might. 
Uh, it couldn't do worse. Yep, there you go. <laughs> um, all right. All right, so do you want to move on to our main topic today? Yes, for sure, for sure. I'm very much looking forward to discussing this with you. Yeah. Um, I have no history with the Airborne Toxic event mm-hmm. other than discussing it with you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we don't talk outside of the podcast. No, I'm, so, I'm uh, sure you will. That's the only time. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Why am I here? <laughs> Britt forces me on this show every week. He keeps me locked up in his room. <laughs> I know. I have an automated gun that I can control it's using scary. my smartphone. It's scary. Yeah. It's a smartphone app. It's really cool, but it's scary. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So It's we... called Steve Gun Fisher. That's the name of the app. Oh, cool. I mean, at yeah. least it's named after me. I feel good about that. Yeah. But it does keep me prisoner, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two mm. stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about the, the Airborne Toxic Event and their debut album, The Airborne Toxic Event, mm-hmm. uh, which came out in 2008, and that's about the time that I found them as well. So Can, can I say something that yeah. we're all thinking right now? The word uh, yeah. debut looks like debut. So straight up, man, I feel like it, it needs to be said. All right. A lot of people are thinking it. I'm the only person that's brave enough to come forward and say it. So vote debut. Sorry. Brent debut 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to run on a platform of people starting uh, mm-hmm. to, to pronounce it that way. Yeah. But I just have an issue of Avengers 700 stapled to my <laughs> forehead. So people get confused and like, I thought I was yeah. voting for the Avengers 700, but I voted for Brent. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you, you steal elections, man. Vote. Well, to be honest, if I ran for office, people would be like, yeah, be sure to get out there and vote for Brett. Wait. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could, uh, change your name to like a, a hyphenate, Brett Brent. So it works Hey, you know way. what? Uh, your pal uh, Ted Cruz isn't using Raphael, so I will be Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Just, just one name. Just yeah. one name. Yeah. <laughs> And me and the turtle. <laughs> you always dress up before you go out. <laughs> hey, you know what? That I borrowed that costume yeah. from Kent Blue. Again, happy birthday, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to go through the band members uh, first sure. off to lay it out. So uh, we first have Mikel Joulet, uh on vocals, guitar, and keyboards, and he pretty much writes all of the songs as well. Um, I, I'm sure that there are some that they've co-written and stuff, but for the most part. Uh, mm-hmm. Steven Chen on guitar and keyboards, Anna Bulbrick on uh, viola, keyboard, tambourine, backing vocals. Um, I'll also mention um, she has another band that she came out with like a year or two ago called The Bulls. Um, that they only have like a like a four or five song EP, but it's pretty good. Um, Which is the the catalyst for us even discussing Michael Jordan on this podcast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, you, might, you might want to listen to the outtakes for uh, for that whole thing. But, oh, that's uh, funny. Yeah. 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 There you go. That's good. That's a little glimpse into our psyche of how we a uh, little got nugget. there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, check them out too. They have they have uh, uh, some really good songs. Uh, Darren Taylor on the drums, and then their current bassist is Adrian Rodriguez, who does electric bass and backing vocals. Um, their former bassist up until 2014 was Noah Harmon. So the bassist on this album and their first three, I guess, um, was Noah Harmon, and he played mm. um, like upright bass as well. Um, they all oh, I, that's I, cool. I mentioned I love them. a good upright bass. Yeah, ooh, so yeah. awesome. Uh, he, he's really good at it. Uh, some of their videos feature him on that as well. Um, and they all kind of switch around. That's what I love. There's a, a show that I was at, I believe. There's so many like, YouTube videos, too, of their shows, which is nice. But um, yeah. I think it was one that we were at that they were um, 
Stephen Chin, uh, Mikhail Jolay, and Anna Bulbrick. She was like on piano, and she has like synthesizers and stuff. And like Mikhail was in the, you know in the lead, and then Stephen Chin was uh, like to his to his left, and then they would like rotate, and like all of a sudden Mikhail just like threw his guitar behind his back and started playing the piano. And, like, Stephen oh, Chen went cool. up and, like, sang for a little bit, I think. And mm-hmm. Anna Bullrich was doing something different with, like, a tambourine. And then they switched again. And, like, they were playing instruments that, like, I didn't think they ever played. Like, they don't talk about it. So mm-hmm. it's, like, they even play more stuff than mentioned here, which is really cool. Um, and then also they, they tour sometimes. So they play with um, the Calder Quartet in L.A., which is uh, um, Anna Bullrich's brother, at least, was once a part of as well, um, playing the violin. But um, they play with, like orchestras and stuff as well which is partly why i really like their music that it's it's rock but it's so um layered with different musical instruments Mm -hmm. and stuff it's very complex and i like that so uh so yeah that's all the people in the world no brent it's not come on (laughs) come on um so uh, I wrote some notes down, uh, and by wrote them, I mean I stole them from Wikipedia. So that's fine, though. It's Wikipedia. Hey, you know what? It's crowdsourced. That's right. You didn't steal anything. There you go. You just crowdsourced this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so initially, Mikhail Jolet, who is the writer, initially he was a writer and an essayist. He wanted to like write novels, but he was writing for like Men's Health and different magazines and stuff. Um, he had like a really crazy week in 2006 where in one week he underwent a bad breakup. He learned his mother had been diagnosed with cancer and he was diagnosed with a genetic autoimmune disease that uh, led to two cosmetic conditions, alopecia and vitiligo. Uh, really? And he, there's he something, has alopecia? So there's something, because he has hair and everything, so there's something that he yeah. got over it or he's able to like treat it, but he basically was diagnosed with this like autoimmune disease the same week his mom was diagnosed with cancer and the same week he had a huge breakup. So he went through like a life spiral and started yeah. writing songs to kind of cope with that. Um, so um, it kind of led to him touring a little bit by himself. And then he knew Stephen Chen from like San Francisco when they were both writers there. Um, he met Anna Bulbrick. Uh, she had just arrived in L.A. from New York uh, with like a violin. And he saw that she played really well because she's like classically trained. And so they started playing together. They had a, He met the drummer from a different band. And then they meet. They met uh, Noah Harmon, who was also just like playing with random bands in LA. And they kind of just were all playing randomly with different bands and whatever. And then kind of just formed together and started playing uh, Mikel's new songs that he had been writing to deal with all these things. So this album was full of a lot of angst and a lot of like. There's like breakup songs and there's mm-hmm. um, songs that are definitely like I like this band a lot and their songs um, because they they speak to me whenever I've gone through bouts of depression or whenever I've had issues in my life that are like hard to get through. Or just like figuring out life in general, um, yeah. and so it's like clearly like from a place of uh, an immense emotional change in someone's life that kind of spurred that. So um, I have to think it flows through. So uh, just very interesting. Yeah. So um, yeah, this is um, that's one of the the notes I've got here is um, these these songs definitely seem to come from a, a personal place. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know his history and everything, so that's yeah. that's really interesting. That, I mean, he just kind of lays it all, yeah, lays it all out there like that. You can't always like sometimes I was you know listening to these songs again and and reading the lyrics, and sometimes it's like I don't really know what all he's meaning or like what the exact situation that led into this song. But it's like that's what's so great about it. It's almost a little, it's like specific but a little vague, so you can apply it to different points in life. Or like sometimes you know like I'll, I'll cherry pick different lyrics or like sets of lyrics and be like oh okay this really made sense and then like this other part like 
well, clearly he was going through something I'm not going through, but man, this song really helped me because of the feeling of it and then these things, yeah. some of these lyrics. So um, it's interesting to, like, I would be interested to go and get more of an idea of some of these songs and, like, what they're meaning. Um, but either way, like, I was like, I, I didn't even always know the lyrics, but there's something that's spoken to me about the song for years. You know, it's always gotten me through something or yeah. whatever. So there's something there mm-hmm. to me that's just deeper than, than the lyrics even, um, which I love. So, um, yeah. But uh, the band's name comes from a novel called White Noise that I actually Ooh, recently uh, bought. Why the noise got to be white, Stephen? Um, anyway, so it's by... <laughs> I would, I'm just going to sidestep uh, that, the racial question. Uh, <laughs> because if it were brown noise, it'd be a fart, huh? I see. I read between the lines. You're on notice. Well, oh, fuck. Uh, it's a novel by Dom DeLeo, and uh, he describes uh, – it's about, like, a guy and his wife and their kids in middle America, and it's like I, – I haven't actually read it yet. I've just bought it recently, but it's it's kind of about our lives and the white noise engulfing us, radio transmissions, sirens, microwaves, TV murmurings. Um, and then it, there's there's also, like, a lethal black chemical cloud that's unleashed in a chemical – in, a, like, a refinery accident, and he calls it an airborne toxic event. And so that's where they got the okay. name. Um, so the whole or the whole novel is also kind of about not just this literal airborne toxic event that really happened in the in the book, but mm-hmm. the idea of like our society and how we let TV and the internet control us and stuff and different things. So it's kind of plays into some of the themes in the albums as well. Um, further mm-hmm. from this one as uh, also, um, like they have an album. One of their newer ones from 2015 was called Dope Machines. And that's about how all of our machines are awesome. They're dope, but they're also like, they're like dope. They're like uh, addictive and, and maybe bad for you and stuff. So, um, and, and turn you into a dope. There you go. See, you get it, Brent. You get it. Um, <laughs> There's three different layers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, what else? As we're recording this podcast on machines. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there you go. And it's like this, that's the thing. It's like the love-hate <laughs> But it's okay it. if we do it. Yeah. Well, it's like I follow uh, Mikhail Jolay on Twitter, and he's very, like, politically active on there and stuff. He is very, like, Twitter is, the, as much as I love it, I fucking hate it. You know, like, it's bad for me, mm-hmm. but I'm addicted to it for sure. And yeah. he, he is too, but he recognizes it in his songs that some of these things are bad for us, and that kind of helps me wade through those same issues that I think about, you know, um, with these yeah. Certain things, Twitter being a good example, is good for me in my life, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. So, um, but yeah, uh, I'll have some more things kind of about the album a little bit later and how it was reviewed and everything uh, as we go through. But did you just want to start going through some of the songs? Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's go for it. I, I've got some. Uh, I've got some notes now. Is this? So I I found it on, um, on iTunes. Is it thirteen tracks? So the original album was ten. And okay. anywhere I find it now, they have like bonus tracks. I think on uh, Spotify that I'm listening to it on, it, it has 13 or so as well. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I usually go through uh, Innocence is the actual ending of the album, uh, okay. which is track 10. And then I know yeah. the winning side pretty well from this album. Like I think wow, I had a bonus it ends track. on Innocence? Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. So no we, can, we can talk uh, uh, about more of them because there's some interesting songs on there. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I don't know like uh, some of the other ones as well because uh, okay. I, I didn't have them on my, on my album initially. Yeah, so I saw that um, specifically. I saw that the girls in the in their summer dresses track thirteen mm-hmm. was um, was listed as a, a bonus track from yeah. what I could tell. 
Um, I didn't know about the the other ones, but uh, but yeah, yeah. If you want, we can go uh, go track yeah. by track here. Cool. And uh, yeah. So uh, first off, we have wishing well. So, Wishing Well was uh, one of my favorite songs of theirs early on, but it's a uh, also the first song that Mikkel wrote. He wrote it over like six months. He was dealing with that uh, issue all the, that week and everything he was dealing with. Um, I think even more stuff happened. He was trying to write uh, for articles and stuff, and it wasn't working out, and then uh, he wasn't getting enough, and then uh, he wrote this song, and uh, lyrically, this is one of my very favorites of theirs. Um, it's kind of about a, a guy going out of the night and uh, not sure what he's gonna get into, like a fight or drunk or on drugs or whatever. He's just kind of like trying to figure things out. Uh, maybe he's gonna go rescue Blade. Maybe. Uh, and uh, and it's just ly- lyrically, lyrically, it's just uh, awesome to me. Um, but yeah. uh, what did you think about the song? All right. So um, first of all, it has a great buildup for the opening of mm-hmm. the album. I always love when an album starts off. Um, Whereas, like, there's a plan for mm. how they're going to open an album and then, like, the sequencing of the, the various tracks on there. But, yeah, this has a great buildup um, for that opening. Mm-hmm. It starts off with that clean guitar. Yeah. It builds up with the rest of the band. Um, there's actually a, a, a second song on this album that I thought would have been a great way to kick off the, the album as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, essentially, they're interchangeable. But since you said that was the first song he wrote, it's very fitting yeah. That it's the first song on the album. For sure. Yeah, and uh, so I'd never listened to this band, really, and, and certainly not this album before. So what I did is, um, and I knew it was going to be a different listening experience than how I normally listen to music, because mm. I normally listen to metal and hip-hop, mm. and I have specific like tastes um, sure. for that. So I, I usually am listening to like rhythms and whatnot, as opposed mm. to lyrical content. But I know this is a different type of thing. This is more like singer-songwritery than yeah. what I normally listen to. So as I was listening to these songs, I pulled up Genius. Do you ever use Genius? Yeah, for like the lyrics and stuff. Yeah. 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 I pulled up Genius, and I was reading the lyrics as I was listening to these songs. And um, one thing I thought was interesting, um, especially in the first two songs, is there's no like actual lyrical chorus. There mm-hmm. might be like repeated um, instrumentation or sure. music, but there's no like... Uh, here's, you know, A, B, A, B, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, C lines or whatever on, on a, on a chorus there is just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's, it's They're kind different. of stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think his songs are written or at least his lyrics are written more like poems in that yes. way. Yeah. Because when you read a po- poem, there's not like, well, I'm going to do, uh, eight bars and then, uh, yeah. I guess I got to throw a chorus in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's say the same words. damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do they keep revisiting this? This is bullshit. This shouldn't count against the, uh, the words, but, uh, um, yeah. So, uh, so there's not really an actual chorus here, but that's doesn't keep the song from like stagnant or it, there, there's no like stagnant point yeah, in the song, sure. you know, like the, the song is constantly moving mm. and, uh, yeah. So I'm, I, yeah, I, I like the song a lot. And I remember when we did, um, what was it like our, our favorites episode? Like way back when we started mm. the podcast, you had mentioned, yeah. uh, the airborne toxic event and you had mentioned, uh, wishing well being like mm. 
their probably their most popular track one or of something them, yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. One, one of the ones that if people have maybe heard of them but never heard the band, that would be one of the starting mm-hmm. points for that. And I remember listening to that song then because I was trying to see if I had heard it or not. And I thought I had, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's me. So, um, <laughs> so I was, when I went back to re-listen to it this time, I remembered the melody as he was like singing it. Like it mm-hmm. sounded familiar to me. So it has yeah, like okay. a good hook in there. And that's another thing I wanted to say about this, this album is um, I was actually, actually re-listening to it this morning mm-hmm. before we started recording. And I was going back through just kind of like, um, scrolling through some of the tracks and everything. And, okay, so stick <laughs> with me here. So uh, a few years back, uh, Justin Timberlake put out the 2020 Experience, mm-hmm. which is um, like a double album. And uh, my wife is a big JT fan. So she would get it and like put it on our Bluetooth speaker and play it around the house and everything. And the first time I heard it, I was just like, oh, okay, this is just Brandy's music. I'll just go do whatever. But like after I heard it, like, Two and three times, the melodies really like suck their or stuck their hooks in me, mm-hmm. and I would um, I would be able to kind of predict, you know, the opening notes to a song. I'd be able to predict, oh, this is the song with this chorus, or the this melody goes this way, and all of that. So it it rewards you with repeated listens, and I think that's how this album is yeah. because I would listen to um, a couple of these songs this morning. I was like, oh yeah, this is the song that goes, you know, this way or, or that. So, yeah, for sure. um, it's, uh, it was, it was pretty cool to, to listen to something like that. Yeah, right on. That's good. It's not I... just screaming and yelling. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's to me, whatever, like what I like about music a lot are the lyrics and, um, this band, uh, with their hooks and stuff too, like musically, I feel it's very, like I said, complex earlier. It's very like, I don't know. It's just different than everything else I hear out there, I guess. And has mm-hmm. been since they came out like 10 years ago. Um, yeah. Where like what modern rock band plays a fucking tambourine sometimes, you know, like that doesn't make any sense, but it, it works uh, for them. And, um, and they layer so many like uh, instrumentation things, but Amanda specifically mentions all the time, uh, like we were going through the songs last night so she could hear them. And she was like, ah, I don't know this one. And then she'd be like, oh my God, yes, I love this song. I love this song. Like over and over again. And these little hooks and stuff, like mm-hmm. the, the guitars she kept mentioning in the beginning of the songs. And um, some of them are just so inventive and fun. And uh, yeah, it just really highlights a lot of the things that I like about them. There's mm-hmm. The lyrics are, are great, and but it's like if the music sucked, that would not matter, you know. But the music's awesome, but it's like the lyrics suck to be like, well, fine, it's good music though. But it's like, mm-hmm. man, it's all there. It, it's It'd great. be the Limp biscuit effect uh, <laughs> is what that's legally called. Yeah. I didn't know. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just so cool. I'm like, I don't have any that I want to read necessarily out right now, but I, I might on some of the songs uh, mention some some of the lyrics. But um, as I just read through them, like they're just so awesome to me. There's so many parts of this song in particular that I've read before and just been like, man, that's how I feel right yeah. now. Where I'm just like kind of feel lost or whatever. Um, and it's really like worked through some issues, you know, um, kind of yeah. hearing someone else go through those same issues. So, uh, it's been nice, but, uh, yeah, they're just, this song in particular, uh, I think it was his first song that he had really written. That's why it took him so long and he really wanted to get it right. And this one, it, uh, out of all of them, I think it's just like so fucking sharp lyrically, um, that it's, uh, every, like every different, I don't know the music terms like stanza or whatever, you know, like every different like section is just like, Oh, that one's really good. That one's fucking really good. And like you mentioned, there's no chorus, but it doesn't need it. It's this song is really like, it's, it propels itself to the end constantly. It's always pushing mm-hmm. towards this like end of the night or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, really good song. Love that one. 
one thing I'll, I'll note is the, uh, the lyrics on this, um, as far as like singing the lyrics, mm-hmm. like he's just like rapid fire. Like yeah. he, there, there's no, like he sings like a line of the song, then there's a break and then he sings the next line and there's, it's just like boom, 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 boom. Um, which is funny because that's something that I, I pick up on because I listen to metal where they do that and same thing in hip hop where they do that as well. Yeah, so, right um, there's some connective tissue there. So yeah, uh, there I go. thought that was cool. Should we move on to song number two? Yeah, two. Yeah. Papillon? 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 Purple Pills by D12. Papillon? I think it's outside. All dressed up, no place to run, no car, no girl, no pills, no fun, nothing to do in this empty room. I gotta get my head together soon. The Papillon? Yeah, Papillon. Uh, yeah. So this one is one of the Amanda mentioned that guitar hook at the beginning um, mm-hmm. that she likes a lot. Um, and as a, this was one of I I didn't like as as much initially. I don't think it's like one of my favorite songs in there, but uh, but I still like it. Um, and this is also too. It's like kind of just like his lyrics just kind of keep coming, uh, like they're they're kind of rapid fire in the beginning. Some of his yeah. um, I like him because he'll his voice is kind of gravelly and a little bit off, which I, I like in singers, um, like a little bit. Uh, grungy almost or, or mm-hmm. whatever but still obviously like in tune and everything um, there's just some like real raw power there to me um, and especially like him writing his own lyrics and stuff like you can really feel the passion kind of behind him but I yeah. like how he'll like you mentioned like he'll do some like rapid fire and sometimes it'll kind of play interesting with the melody in the background where they're kind of opposite uh, and then sometimes they're like on beat and it's just like a hard fast rock song or, like a steady song this one's kind of like that to me so yep. yeah I dig this one uh, yeah, I really like the the bass line on this mm-hmm. song. Uh, I was listening to this with my earbuds, and and man, has a really good bass line yeah, on, yeah, uh, right on. on this particular track. Um, and uh, the this song has a, a chorus. I noticed, but it's a non vocal chorus. Mm-hmm. Like it's just okay, the music yeah. itself that that repeats, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. I mean, I'm I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. So. Um, uh, then my favorite part, of course, is the screamed vocals at the, at the end of the track. Um, it's like a, a screamed line and then uh, he repeats it, but it's sung and then he screams it again and then sings it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm always down for, uh, for yeah, right that. On. And like you said, he has a, um, he has very like distinct vocals. Um, like sometimes mm. he's singing very deep like this and then other times he, he can scream and then there are other parts on this album. Um, I don't remember the, the song, but we'll get to it where, um, something new where he has a cleaner vocal performance yeah. there so mm-hmm. um he's got a got a lot of range yeah for sure mm-hmm. um yeah like 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 i said with the passion and stuff when you're saying when you, there's like the screaming part like there's some of it that it just feels so raw and they're at live like mm-hmm. all of this is like times 10 like everything that they can oh, do sure. in a studio you know like they they really draw their power from fans um like one of the concerts we went to he just started like crawling up the um like trellis like stage stuff or whatever mm-hmm. like and the security guards started getting close like to catch him if they needed to and stuff like he just there's a real like power to it and uh and he really like feels the songs and like lets it out um so yeah there's a lot of those um on different albums as well that just feel mm-hmm. so like cathartic almost when he's like screaming you're like oh my god i get it you know i get that same feeling yeah. so yeah it's cool cool um but yeah i like this song it's not one of my favorites but uh but i dig it what what is that what is papillon what, what is that? You know, I is forget. That, did he mispronounce Papa John's? Was he just trying to, <laughs> to order Papillon a pizza? Is, there's like a movie called that. It's like a play. It's like a World War II thing, but I don't know if this one actually has anything to do with that. Oh, um, okay. 
I don't know what this is referencing uh, for this one in particular. I don't know if he said. So um, I went into this album thinking all of this stuff is going to be way too smart for me. And I was confirmed <laughs> because I don't know what Papillon is. And there's uh, a lyric in one of the songs. It might have been in Wishing Well uh-huh. where he says uh, he's something about going to visit his coquette. I'm like, I don't. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Like C O Q U E T T E. I'm like, uh, is that a cookie? That's a, a coquette is, man, I've heard of that one too. Now I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know. I'm with you. <laughs> I think it's his, uh, his lady. It's, uh, I feel like, yeah, it's the like translation a, I saw, but. a, like a, almost like a French term or something like that. A, wo- yeah. a woman who flirts. Mm. Ooh. Or a crested central and South American hummingbird. So, oh, it's probably that it's one. Probably that one. That one probably makes that sense. One. Lyrically, like, <laughs> contextually, it's probably about that one. Um, so the next song is Gasoline. Gasoline, uh, I like it. Starts with like this weird, like tone, almost whatever kind of happening. Yep. Uh, and when it starts like kicking in though with the drums and the guitar, it's like ah, just a good hook again. And then he's he says like five, six, seven, eight, and just fucking goes for it. Yeah. The song is so like rock. I just fucking this one's fun. I like this one a lot. So yeah, that was my note for this one. Is the weird noise at the beginning sets the tempo, uh-huh. and um, I love that. Yeah, cool. Absolutely love it. I would like back it up and listen to it like two or three times just oh, because awesome. it's just so so cool. Um, back when I was in a in a band, I don't know if I've ever brought it up on the show. I guess I should mention it more often. But uh, <laughs> you guys are big, big <laughs> and chilly, right? Yeah, I yeah yeah I, yeah, I am. Uh, we're uh, TLC. I am chilly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> did you have a left eye? Uh, in the rest group. in peace. Rest in power. Um, but yeah, so the uh, the band I was in, I would uh, start, you know, some of the songs off with different samples. Sometimes mm-hmm. they were vocal samples or whatever, but sometimes I would start them off with samples of things I would distort and, you know, make it to rhythms or whatever. Yeah. And that's what it reminds me of. Oh, cool, um, yeah. I don't know how how that sound is made, if that's something they made mm-hmm. in the studio and, and are able to do live or, or whatever, but I always am on the lookout for stuff like that. It's just uh, an extra layer. It makes the song more unique more personalized to that particular band. All right, so I uh, talked about myself uh, quite a bit for uh, number three there, Gasoline. Um, one thing I, uh, or one other thing I wanted to mention is there's actually an, uh, a chorus, a, a lyrical chorus on mm. Gasoline. Um, there's some slight variations between the first and second chorus, but otherwise it's there. It only took us three songs, but we got to a, a traditional <laughs> song structure in that way. They're not traditional, uh, man, yeah, doing their yeah, own thing. They, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, uh, I like this song a lot. I actually heard it recently when we were rewatching an episode of Greek um, oh. on Freeform. Uh, it's yeah. at the, one of the KT parties, uh, one of the frat parties. And that. Yeah. I, I, every time I hear that, like those guitar uh, licks coming on or whatever, I'm like, oh, that's Airborne. And then it's a, it's a good song for that era, though, because that's when that show came out and everything. So it makes sense. Yeah. I think they've actually been on a few episodes of that show, uh, a few like songs of theirs have. So. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I like this one a lot. It's just, it's fun. Um, there's not a lot, I don't have a lot to say about it necessarily, but uh, mm-hmm. it's like one of their hard, harder rocking ones that I dig, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say if you like the song Gasoline by Airborne Toxic Event, I'd say it pairs nicely with Fuel by Metallica. Oh. Yeah. 
<laughs> Swirl those around in your in your glass. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sniff it, <laughs> then listen. Uh, but yeah, uh, anything else you had for that one? No, we can move on to uh, to number four. Excellent. Um, so the next track is "Happiness Is Overrated." Because losing you was something I always did so well. I guess I just can't tell anymore. Happiness is overrated. And uh, that first, for one, that song title is fucking amazing to me. Um, uh, I like this song a whole lot. Um, it also has like a really cool kind of start to it where it's like this like hard fucking kick drums and just like da, 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 da. And it just slows down to a stop and then goes with the song and everything. Uh, and I just really dig that. So, so okay. I misread this title. Mm. I read it as, ha, penis is overrated. So <laughs> That's true too. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, well. I guess like, this, all of my notes are about I, I that. Guess I, <laughs> I've got 15 pages worth of notes on here. Uh, well, I guess I'll have to scrap all of this. Oh, damn. All right. Um, so on, on this one, um, uh, it starts off slow, but then it gets upbeat, and uh, it has a cool yeah. like dance beat yeah, to yeah. it. And um, I've got this one. I've got two songs on, on this album that I think are tied for my favorite song, and this is one mm. of them. Oh, cool, yeah. It has, it has a really, really cool... Um, chorus this is the mm-hmm. this is the one that uh where he, he says uh i'm sorry i really that, lost that, my head yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like it's that a lot. fucking great yeah. yeah yeah this one uh is one of my very favorite songs of theirs and i if i'm in like a bad mood or whatever uh that's what i'm like I, I love the happiness is overrated because sometimes it's not like obviously like happiness is great and we want to like achieve that or whatever but like sometimes i'm just like all the shit we're doing and like you're just in a bad mood or whatever like this song is so good because you put it on and it just starts with that like like rah, it's just—it's almost like they're getting it out for a second with like their instruments, like they're just kind of playing for a second, and then it slows down and they like go into it, and then it starts with that like dance beat, and it's like this good beat, and it's just something about it that just helps me get out of a bad mood or whatever, or kind of mm-hmm. like work through that as well, um, like after work or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I really like this song a lot. It's one of my very favorites. <laughs> when you said you getting it getting it out of there early, maybe it is, huh? Penis is overrated. <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah so some of the lyrics on this one like you said like sorry I really lost my head Uh, but you know those words that you said that they get stuck in my head and this feeling I dread it makes me feel I was dead or just alone instead I'll be alone instead Uh, and sometimes I'm just like whenever I'm in a bad mood or whatever I just want to be alone so I'm like this Mm -hmm. one I really dig Uh, there's just something about it that is it's kind of a short there's not a whole lot of lyrics and stuff it's just like punchy it's just good but it's weird that every time you get in one of those moods, you go to a, um, go to a mall yeah. and you're, and you're just like, Hey, can everyone please leave? I gotta Which, be alone here. I gotta be alone. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a big mall walker. Uh, yeah. everybody knows that about me. Super into it. So. Mall walker, Texas Ranger. That's why you moved down to Texas. <laughs> I have a badge. That's how I get people to move. <laughs> I'm a Texas Ranger. I'm a mall walker, Texas Ranger. In the eyes of a ranger, they will find you. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so, the next song is Does This Mean We're Moving On? And the funny thing is, it has no end. I try to call you up at 2 a.m. in a crowded bar. Your ringer tones grab my mind. I can see you through the phone. 
Alright, so uh, does this mean we're moving on? Uh, this is another one of my very favorites of theirs. It's these two in a row, actually, that I think are great on the album together. Uh, but uh, I, this also was on Greek on an episode. Um, so this oh, is okay. one of the other ones I remembered. Um, and it fits that really well. But this, again, just has a fucking good beat that I love. And his lyrics are kind of quick and just kind of go with that beat and everything. So, uh, yeah, I super dig this song a lot. Yeah, this is the the other song that is tied for my favorite song. Oh. Like you said, <laughs> this is awesome. th- these two back to back is just like really it's good. Great. They're, they're, they both are really hooky. Yeah, um, I oh, like that he um, will repeat the last line of like mm-hmm. of, of whatever it is. Uh, I think it was like alone, alone, alone. Yeah, he'll be like yeah alone or like so dumb, so dumb. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, and uh, great storytelling on this song as mm-hmm. well. Like. I was reading the lyrics and it's just kind of like I could picture in my mind like this happening like the um like it's very cinematic the way he tells mm-hmm. the story yeah in the song it's fun uh one of the ones uh, a section of it that I like on here is um from the from the balcony you call my name I see you standing in the rain your words so dry your face so wet said I broke your heart but it hasn't happened yet um, mm-hmm. I love that like your words so dry your face so wet there's stuff like that that I think is just really fun and playful mm-hmm. about his lyrics and stuff uh, and then it goes, I'll bet your friends will hate me now. I get the strangest looks from that bitchy crowd. And though they must think they have every reason to, I guess I'm still not, not quite over you. Um, but yeah. each each of these lines is like on beat. Like each word is like on beat almost. So it's like the way it plays out is very just like, uh, it's not repetitious. It's very just like, it just it's hammers it home. almost. Yeah, progressive almost. Yeah, and yeah, his, his vocals and stuff uh, mm-hmm. kind of going along with that. Um, yeah, and it's just like this good song of just being like, oh, we, we're fucking done? Okay. Does this mean we're moving on? Like, it's just, it's nice. Cinematic, like you said. Steven, I think Mikhail Jolet might be your favorite rapper. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. He should, uh, he should give it a shot. I'll probably I probably dig it. I think I heard he's going to be on the next Wu-Tang album. Uh, I, th- I think he might be on that, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Like Martin Scarelli, Wu-Tang, the oh, album that he, that uh, one. he bought. The special one. Or whatever. I think he's going to be the, uh. <laughs> the 10th rapper on that oh my god if, they, if he showed up i would that would be my first wu-tang album i'd ever buy <laughs> <laughs> i'd be like i have to it's part of my collection yeah, yeah 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 i get, yeah. collect them all yeah did you have anything mm-hmm. else to say with that no steven does this mean we're moving on oh look at that look at that oh what is that called what is this i don't know I've seen this but it, i, I do it like sometimes the, too it's like the the ball wear i think <laughs> Yeah, for people at home, it's this dance move. It's kind of like you move your hands up, like side to side. Yeah. You call it ball wear? Yeah, you know, like kind of, you know, you, you got to weigh them. It's like eh, left mm-hmm. to right, left to right, you know. That totally makes sense now. Wow, yeah, you got to do, that do the ball, ball <laughs> wear. Like, <laughs> then the like up and down ice cream lick. Yeah. One hand to a ball. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the next song uh, is This Is Nowhere. Sit on the curb and we stare at the rain in our boots. The cars, the cloud, the sky, while the snow rubs and self Alright, so uh, this is actually one of the songs I don't listen to that often. And it's not that I don't like it that much, whatever. It's just I don't like it as much as the other ones. I don't know. One that I didn't really ever gravitate towards. But uh, I did want to mention um, there is a fan blog, a fan like website uh, about the Airborne Toxic event that's really cool called This Is Nowhere based on the song and there's a I think a book by the same 
guy who runs the website, he wrote a book about them, like their history and stuff. Um, so I, I, I like that. I, I apparently like it meant something more to him. Uh, but I like the song. It's just not one of my favorites. So yeah, it's gonna be one of those uh, maybe a, a deep cut or yeah, something like yeah. that. Not one you you visit regularly. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, so I've got just a couple notes. Um, there's a cool synth bass line on mm-hmm. the bridge of the song, um, and I always forget that they have keyboards in this band um, mm-hmm. because it's not like every song starts out always. with like a, a, a guitar or drums or something like that. Sure. And um, yeah, so it's anytime the keyboards show up at any point, um, I'm always delighted by that. Yeah, right that's on. That's a, a, a fun thing to add. And mm-hmm. uh, one other note here, and uh, this is not just about this song in particular, but it, it did make me think about it, so I wrote it down. But um, in the song, he uh, he mentions um, cigarettes in there somewhere. And mm-hmm. for me, uh, anytime I hear the word cigarette or cigarettes in a song, it takes me right out of it. Um mm. And I know this is a, a me problem, uh, and I'm not going to uh, to put it on to, on the band itself. Um, there's even a, a Fort Minor song called Cigarettes, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I don't know. There's just something uh, I have a. Um, is it because you don't like cigarettes? Like it just yeah. People mention it at all. You're just like Ugh. I have like a Pavlovian response to cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was a smoker when I was younger, and she ended mm-hmm. up like smoking so much she got a collapsed lung from it. So I just Damn. have like this like weird like. Uh, weird response to it i'm just yeah. like gross like yeah. as soon as i heard it uh, when i was listening to this <laughs> last funny. night in my living room i spit on the floor oh my god yeah did brandy get mad at you yeah we have to move now so oh that sucks yeah you can't You're like clean up spit my spit's pretty gross yeah <laughs> it's toxic yeah I'm, I'm part xenomorph so it just burned right through the floor oh yeah there you go yeah. but uh but yeah otherwise this is a a fine song yeah <laughs> I would never listen to it again because it has cigarettes <laughs> in it. Uh, so the the next one is the uh, their main like single. Uh, it was like the most popular song of that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is I, I, another one, uh, the main one. I guess I would say that if people know them at all. I always think that they would know this one. Yeah. Uh, besides uh, wishing well, so uh, sometime around midnight. And stars. Some time around midnight Or at least that's when you lose yourself For a minute or two As you stand Alright, so Sometime Around Midnight uh, is the first song that I heard of them that uh, was on the radio and stuff. That's how I found them. And then I bought their album and everything. And uh, this song still is one of my very favorite songs of all time. It starts with this um, nice orchestra um, really slow and then mm-hmm. as that kind of fades away it's just like this like quick little guitar and like a little bit of drums kicking in and it's um again it's very cinematic this one it's about like a a guy and a girl had broken up and he's about to play in a band and he sees his new his old girlfriend with a new guy at his club um and kind of about like the the shitty feelings of seeing her again and and her going off with another guy and uh, it is just so fucking epic, and I love it so much. They have a lot of different versions of lo- online of like acoustic versions and like bigger, like full orchestras with them and stuff, or or just having like um, and a bull brick on the violin or the viola and stuff. And uh, any any way I've heard this song, I love it every time. Um, it is just such a grand and grand song in scope, uh, and so unexpected in the rest of the album. Like I heard it first and I loved it, and then you hear the rest of the album and nothing really kind of 
is as epic as that until it gets there and it's just like holy shit so mm-hmm. um this one still um i, I really like wishing well and happiness is overrated and does this movie does this mean we're moving on and all those songs but um this one's still like my number one probably from them oh uh, okay yeah it's still it's like the first thing i had and it's just epic it's just fucking great to me so and you feel hopeless and homeless and lost in the haze of the wine On Apple Music, it shows on the deluxe version of the album, it has Sometime Around Midnight. Uh, track 15 is an acoustic version of this song. Um, yeah, it's and, good. And uh, I did see online that this was their, uh, like you said, the, the first single from the album. Um, it also has a music video that I watched, and it's pretty much that story that plays out. It's, you know, the band performing, and then he's keeping an eye on the girl in the crowd. And then uh, in a weird twist, he points directly at her, and then he does that neck slash thing. <sighs> And uh, I, I haven't seen it in a while, so yeah, he puts on a leather face mask. What? <laughs> yeah. Get that a chainsaw out of his guitar case? Yeah, but then he just starts cutting trees down. Uh, he's oh, a logger. Nice. Uh, yeah, oh, it's okay. like a really like it's like a Kanye West type. Like mm. it really takes you on a journey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, eventually he goes on to drive ducks uh, for um, you know the city of Branson. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that is a story. Yeah, like, and the thing is that music video is like what two and a half minutes long. It's two and a half minutes long, and then mm-hmm. there's also like 18 minutes worth of mm. um, post credits that you have to watch. <laughs> Epilogue. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you you can do the version that you want, but like, yeah, you can watch it. it. You know, watch it, right? Yeah. Um, and I also saw that this song was certified gold in the U.S. Mm. And I don't right think on. I've ever heard this song on the radio before. Where did okay. you? Yeah, I, I had to have heard this uh, on the edge in Tulsa at the time. Wow, uh, really? Okay. I imagine. Because um, it was uh, really big uh, in like the uh, alternative radio and stuff of that era. It's so weird, though. Like, you and like pretty much anybody that I, I'm like, oh, well, you might know this song. Because it was like on the radio and music videos and stuff was everywhere. Like, I saw it all the time. Mm. And apparently, like, I'm the only person because <laughs> no one ever, else I've ever <laughs> met has ever heard of them. Um, but I, when I was looking at this, is some of the, the notes about their um, their record and stuff. Uh, it was uh, let's see, like this this album was named the Boston Herald's debut album of the year. Uh, iTunes named it sometime around midnight the number one alternative song of the year on their best wow. of 2008 list. Wow. So it's like, how has nobody heard it and nobody heard of them? But I don't know. Like they don't they don't have a huge following, but. Uh, they did that that one song like they were on the Carson Daly show like a bunch or whatever late whatever late night show he had mm-hmm. or has um, they were on Conan they were on like Leno and Letterman and like everybody in that era and, like nobody knows of them <laughs> it's so weird that is weird yeah so they were listed on a lot of things just never uh, uh, by the I uh, hear some more uh, by the end of two thousand nine um, sometime around midnight was the number ten most played song on alternative radio for the year. It peaked at number four and sold 400,000 copies. Wow. Uh, it spent eight weeks at number one on the Billboard Heatseeker chart and 53 weeks in total on that chart. Damn. So that's that one song in particular had legs. It's just still not that well-known. So. Well, look, I'm broadcasting from a porta potty in Arrow. <laughs> so, uh, you know, living in Oklahoma, it's not surprising we don't have the coolest or the hippest or latest of, of whatever. But, of anything. Um, and I don't know that I was listening to the radio a lot at that time um, yeah yeah i, I think i, I still think kind of was. was then but i was transitioning to itunes more yeah in that era and stuff so yeah um 
so I, I don't know some, somehow I missed this, but like the edge here in Tulsa is a, uh, a local alternative station and they play a lot of stuff, but they also like, they still play the shit out of like every grunge band. Like oh, yeah. that's on regular rotation. Every, every hour worth of music, you're probably going to get like 18 minutes worth of grunge songs in there. <laughs> That's so awesome. I was like, so it's still uh, around. Should we maybe sub out? I don't know yeah. a Pearl Jam or a Soundgarden. <laughs> no, we have to keep nah. that in. We have nah, to bro. do it. We can just <laughs> play some new stuff. Nah, nah, no, no, no thanks. So uh, yeah, I don't know how I missed that, but I yeah. did. I think it was probably too wrapped up in seeing Iron Man and continuously mm. talking know, about right? it that year. You know, in two thousand eight. So you know, what do you know? It's crazy for me that uh, the MCU is such a good marker in my past to know like when other things happened in pop culture. <laughs> and it's weird to think that this came out that same year, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think of this band. So uh, one of my favorite movies is Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, uh, which also came out in, I think it was 2008. I'm pretty sure. Uh, 2007, 2008. But um, this song in particular uh, reminds me of that movie a lot. There, That movie is about a guy, Michael Sarah, who's in a band, and he has just broken up with a girl and he goes to the club to perform with his band and his girlfriend shows up with her uh, new boyfriend. Mm. And so this song in particular, I'm like, this is like Nick and Nora's. So it's like one of my very favorite bands and songs. And then my very, one of my very favorite movies and they have similar stories, but like they're not related. And I just think that's really fun. Like uh, there's something about that story. It's like really compelling and everything. And I can see the visuals of this of this song and this band in my own head, but I can also like basically watch it as a soundtrack to that movie and see like clips from that movie and it works. So it's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I just, I just like everything about this one so much. Did you, I'm glad you brought that up. I heard that they're making a, a sequel to that movie finally. Are they really? Yeah. Because it was such a big deal when it came out and I saw it and I was, I just was kind of like, so, so on it. I don't think that type of music was my, my thing at that point, but um, a lot of people love the, the playlist and they wanted there to be, you know, something more like that. So I guess the sequel, uh, Nick gets the Infinity Gauntlet from Thanos. What? And, uh, yeah, Nick and, Nori's, Nick and Nora's Infinity War coming <laughs> next year. As part of the MCU? Uh, no, it's, it's going to be oh, separate okay. from it. Okay. Um, you know, they, they got to keep, it's a separate studio, but, yeah. you know, they, well, there are elements that can be lent out, you know. I suppose they couldn't because uh, Kat Dennings is in Nick and Nora. She's Nora. Yeah. And she's also in Thor. And they couldn't, it's not the same character though. So they probably couldn't fit it in the universe yeah. because of that. Yeah. So, because that makes sense. she's already been in two movies. Yeah. A, you, know, you know, it's one character. You get so confused. Yeah. It'd be, it, it'd be very DC of them. Yeah. You know, like if she had like a minor role, just like a, a cameo, in the MCU would be one thing, sure. but yeah. So it's, it's going to be one of those things, but Interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward True to story. that. Cause... 2019. <laughs> Naked Nora's Infinity Wars. Yeah. All right, should we move on to something new? Yeah. Okay. What's the name of the next song, Stephen? Something new. What's past these hands? Oh, these drugs and one night stands. So I tremble when I think of what she'd do. She'd say something like, you're no good. You're like the junkies in this neighborhood. So this one also kind of starts off with that like grungy, like a grungy sort of noise in the background or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, not so much like laying the beat, I guess, but, uh, uh, and then it gets with like this like light guitar stuff kind of coming in and drums. Um, and it's a little bit lighter song, I think overall, right? Um, 
but yeah. uh, but I, I like this one. Um, yeah, what do you what do you think about this one? So this is the one I was talking about earlier um, that has the cleaner vocal performance. Sure, like he doesn't really sing with his lower register mm-hmm. uh, as often as he does in some of the other ones. So um, yeah, it was it was different. It shows that he's got more range than mm-hmm. uh, what we saw earlier in the album. Um, so yeah, I thought it thought it was good. Yeah. Um, I was listening to this one last night and I was going through the lyrics and stuff and it, it, I'm sure I've gone through all of these with the lyrics uh, before but uh, it had been a long time and i kind of forgotten about it and uh, it also is another one that tells a story and um, it's it's again like a, a breakup type of thing or whatever um, where like a guy's going through something and his girlfriend is basically like you're trying to replace these bad things in your life with like drugs and alcohol or whatever and, and you need to be better than that you're not like the junkies in this neighborhood and everything um but there's there's just so many like lines of his that I just think they're I, I I'd really like to read more of his other like even articles and stuff these old articles he wrote like for Men's Health but mm-hmm. I like his writing style I think I like I like his voice um, and he has this line on here about um, and now here I stand with these blood soaked hands on this sleepless night that never ends there's just so many things that are so visually and compelling to me in his lyrics so um, just dig them all I know I keep mentioning those and stuff and I'll probably mention more about. Is he a murderer? Why are his Listen. hands blood soaked? <laughs> That's the thing. They're not actually blood soaked. That's what gets you there. Oh. You gotta imagine what's going on. What does he say that? What's what, what does that mean? That he's a murderer. Not. <laughs> Is this a confession song? I think so. It's called Confessions to a Murder. Something, something new. Now I know you've seen this band live several times. Is he uh-huh. always wearing horizontal stripes whenever you see them play? No. He might be he... on work release. Do you you ever seen like it's it, you'd say it's a costume, but he looks like um, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. It's got like he's got like a suit usually with a plastic. I'll be honest cover. with you, my brain went to Jason Bateman. Oh and, sure, and sure. My first version of Jason Bateman <laughs> was as Nick the Fox from Zootopia. <laughs> oh okay, I really went on a journey. Uh, that's your first thing with uh, with Jason Bateman. Yes, I, I love that movie him? so much. Yeah, but like I, I've loved Jason Bateman for a long time. He's great. No, I, I've liked him for a long time, but that's like my favorite character of his. Mm. So that's just like where you went with whatever. Yeah, I got you. Uh, so yeah, how does he's this, really good in that? How does this relate to uh, <laughs> Miguel Jolet being a murderer? <laughs> Patrick Bateman, okay. American Psycho, where it's like, he's okay. like the suit and the slick back hair and the plastic hoodie, so that the blood splatters won't get on him. Oh, that's how he dresses in concert. Oh, okay, that's so my yeah, dog, he, by the way. It's probably fine. Yeah. So, uh, no, he, uh, yeah, uh, he's not a murderer that I know of. Can't say, uh, for sure, but I don't think so. Um, but it's just well, you know that lines. anyone who masturbates is a murderer, Stephen. Oh God. You're ejaculating your children <laughs> right onto your dashboard. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's how you do it. Yeah. Sure. You know Holy how you crank shit. your car? You gotta crank yourself. <laughs> I, that's what I say when I go to the mechanic. I did both. I don't know. I tried. Hey, uh, while you're uh, doing that oil change, can you, uh, can you clean the inside of that windshield, please? <laughs> oh, man. I uh, I was driving home from the store. Slammed on my brakes. Yogurt. Splattered. <laughs> Uh, so that's uh, it. Yep. Just go ahead and clean that up. Totally <laughs> fine. Oh, man. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Anything more about that? I, I think we've really uh, done the best we can milked with that it. song. We, <laughs> we milked, milked it. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the uh, the next song is Missy. Missy. 
Missy got off the bus one day in a crowded depot downtown LA. She looked around as if to say, I'm home. Well, I'm home. I find someone to love and some place to uh, So this one also starts off with a, like a catchy um, start with like a big and stuff, and it's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. And then it kicks in again later on. Uh, and I like this one. I, again, this is another one I hadn't licked with the lyrics in a long time, but I like this song a lot. It's. Um, one that when it comes on, it's like I didn't listen to it for years almost, or like as much for years, and then now I like I, I like it a whole lot mm-hmm. uh, from like about two years ago uh, on, and uh, it's like about this girl named Missy who gets off a bus one day in L.A. and she's like brand new there and stuff, and she uh, I hadn't read the lyrics in this well, but she talks about like she prays to God and she's like, "You're the shepherd, I'll be your sheep," um, and so it's like she's basically like the fresh fresh off the boat type of thing, you know, she's fresh yeah. off the bus in L.A. from somewhere else. And then she meets this guy, and he meets her at a coffee shop, and he's like, she's awesome, but he's like, I, I'm not at like what you need or what you should deserve or whatever. Like, I should be better. And it's, uh, there's something about him that's so honest, you know? Um, I feel like a lot of these songs really were like, a, if they're not specifically like real life, they're close to it or like feelings of his or whatever. And I think we all have these feelings of like, I could have been better, or I should be better and things. And I think it's so... Um, awesome that he is so open about that that stuff and putting it out there and like letting all of this stuff out in the world on his songs so yeah um i really like kind of him basically throughout the song it starts off kind of slow and then he's basically just like screaming again where he's just like i'm trying to be better i I could be better and everything um and i swear there's still some good in me so uh another song that i just i think it's good (laughs) some good what (laughs) after he murders somebody in the previous song he's like i swear there's still some good in me there's a whole new thread here i never knew existed but it makes total sense when you put it that way holy shit this whole song is like a he met manifesto he, 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 he murdered someone he beats a girl that came around at the bus he's like i'm not good for you i just murdered a guy you gotta get away from me man that opens my eyes yeah interesting he's, he's a bit of a dexter you know maybe yeah. he's taking out like some of the bad people you know some yeah. of the bad hombres of this world oh my god there's, I'm I'm curious to see because the damn it, Brent. Okay, do you have any more to say about Missy? <laughs> um, I haven't said anything yet, but yes, you should uh, say this, stuff about this, Missy. This is another really good story song, and also the last 44 seconds of the song fucking rock. Yeah, yeah. That's when I get yeah, it just like punches up and it's so mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Um, and I like that some of their songs can be slow for a little while and like it's fucking rock at the end. It's like, I love it all. It's fun to see the transition and stuff. Um, so yeah, good one. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? No. No, we're good. Uh, the reason I started laughing a second ago is because the next song is called Innocence. Mm-hmm. And it starts with, well, I lost my innocence today. Yep. <laughs> that was going to be my question for you. But uh, yeah. This one starts with that like really like low like slow it takes like a minute or something like that before the song actually like kicks in but it's just like orchestra and like kind of pleasant and cool i, I really like the uh the arrangement for it mm-hmm. uh and then it starts like getting into the song 
Uh, and then again, it starts like punching up at everything. Um, and I actually, this is really funny given the new context you're giving me, the murder context, if you will, because <laughs> I went through the song and I was like, I really don't know what this song's meaning. Like there's a lot, this is one of those, like, I don't know what he went through, but like I get stuff from this song. Uh, but as I went through the lyrics, I was like, man, that's kind of weird. I don't really know what he's talking about. And uh, when you when you put it in the context of murder, though, uh, when he says, well, I lost my innocence today, I could feel her in my bones, my bones, my bones, my blood, my blood, my blood. Uh, <laughs> yep. Brett, I think you're onto something, man. So uh, that was one of my notes is uh, as I was listening to this, I, I wrote down, what is this song about? Did someone die? And I think mm. we all collectively know <laughs> Yes. Oh, God. We just need to find out who uh, is her name, Missy. Is that just a like a cover name? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so one of the notes I've got on this one is I wasn't a fan of the overly repeated words in this particular song. In the um, uh, in Happiness is Overrated, where there's some repeated words. Uh, that one didn't bother me. I actually liked it there. Just in this song, for whatever reason, it just uh, yeah. uh, wasn't, wasn't that into it. But... Um, as the song started and it was a, a, a slower song and um, it was called Innocence, I wrote down a note that says, Brace for Sadness. Uh, but then, but then the, uh, the drums um, are great once they kick in and it's not slow the entire time. I was, I was expecting it to be um, maybe just guitar and vocals only, but that doesn't really happen on this album, which I was surprised about since it's so kind of singer-songwriter focused, yeah. or at least in my brain, I was thinking... Yeah, I think they're like it's like singer songwriter almost in like lyric lyrically and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's like they they rock too, so it's like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they they kind of do their own thing, which I like. So mm -hmm. um, let's see here. And uh, the the other note I've got is this song takes you on a musical journey. Like it's uh -huh. really um, it, it goes through a lot. Yeah, yeah, the sure. song. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I've always liked this song. This one's really fun. Uh, not fun. I don't know why I said that. Mm -hmm. It's not. The song is really good, Wait a though. minute, Stephen. <laughs> Show me your hands. Put the hands up in the water. Oh, my God, they're covered in blood. I started my period. Uh, <laughs> You're just covering your privates the whole time? That's how I record. Do you not record that way? It's comforting. Yeah, sure. Um, um, no, but this song, uh, it, I always liked it. I like, I like again, the musical journey, like you mentioned, the, uh, the beginning where it's more like orchestral and stuff and then it leads into like a rock song like like the other ones kind of do too where it's just like you don't know where the journey's going to lead you mm -hmm. when you start their songs and then hopefully though like you said that you get those hooks in the beginning and you kind of realize like oh this is that song like there's still some of theirs that like they start off one way and before it like really kicks in and so i kind of forget what it is until it kicks in and i'm like oh my god yeah i love this song and uh it's interesting to see that um you don't know exactly what you're going to get by what you first hear so um, I really dig that one, and uh, and lyrically, whether I know what he's talking about or not, it's very. There's some obviously something going on here, uh, and murder works for it, but <laughs> surely something else happened in his life. You know, obviously yeah. he was going through a lot and everything, but uh, but yeah, it's a it's a good one. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I am concerned about the safety of the people around Mikkel, but uh, you know what? We're all good. Oh my god! So. Uh, the next song, um, so depends on the album that you're listening to. When I first heard it, Innocence was the last song, but uh, they have some bonus tracks and it might be labeled different ways in different places. Uh, but um, yeah. That, that was one thing I wanted to mention um, is listening to this album um, and thinking that it ended on Innocence. That would have been like mm. such an incredible 
like listening listening experience listening mm-hmm. to those mm-hmm. 10 tracks all together like that yeah that would have been a really cool song to uh, to end the album on i mean i like you know these other other mm-hmm. tracks as well but that's just such like a powerful yeah. ending song i think yeah um, and i think there's something about cool. 10 songs too yeah that kind of you know an ending with that it's like it all packs a punch it's a little more of a, a wallop yeah i think so, so too yeah yeah um, but yeah, cause I only actually discovered the girls in their summer dresses like a few years ago for the first yeah. time. Cause I had never seen that until I really got Spotify, I think. And then it showed up as like a bonus track. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the winning site I know, so I, it must've been on something I found initially that was like a bonus track. And then, uh, after that we'll listen to, uh, we'll do this losing, but, um, which I kind of know as well. But, uh, so the next song though, that's the first bonus track, uh, it's called the winning side. And uh, this one, I, I again, I like the hook in the beginning. Um, it's uh, 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 lyrically, it's um, goes through like basically like war and stuff, mm-hmm. and like kind of calling into question like what we were doing in our place in the world. Yeah. Um, and it's the one of the first ones that I think that I listened to of theirs that was more about like it's not overtly political, but it it is on some ways, um, and it kind of leads into like like I follow Michael Jolie now and he's like very political and he's very active and like you know good things in the world and against bad things in the world or whatever basically uh, except but, for uh, his own murders that he commits except for those because <laughs> they're his murders so he's like <laughs> um, <laughs> everyone's a fan of their own <laughs> their own brand uh, so uh, but also he, I want to mention on the, on this I think he does a reference for their name for that book because he says uh on the screen, on the TV, on the scene in front of me with all the white noise and the static and the static and the screams. This is war. This is death. This is all this. This has really been a bet on the winning side, the winning side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and later on, he says the right side because uh, yeah. it's, again, calling into question like if we're, what we're doing with war or whatever. But kind of calls into question that white noise and uh, equates it to, you know, like war and death. And uh, this this basically like is our society also functioning OK as well, I think is kind of a, an idea that he puts out there in the world. So. Uh, there's a lot going on in the song and it's, uh, it's pretty fucking deep and like angry almost, Mm -hmm. um, you know, about like what we're doing. So I, I can see why this song was left off the original, like Mm tin. Um, I like the song a lot though. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just contextually, it seems like the first 10 songs are more personal to him um, and his, um, his like own personal experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, this song is more like worldly. It's kind of like yeah. talking globally, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I don't it's know. It's like locally versus globally. Yeah. 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 Like, so, yeah. um, but I mean like sonically it's great. It has another great baseline throughout the song. Um, I like that quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good, like I wrote on anti-war, but I don't know if it's so much yeah. anti-war is just like questioning, like you said, yeah. the, our place in it. Um, and this was 2008 that this, well, I guess the, the album came out, but I don't mm-hmm. know when this particular song would have been, would have been yeah. written. Um, but yeah, 2006 to 2008, somewhere in there probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, so we're like uh, in the middle of the, like Iraq war and, yeah. and all that. But, um, he also, he read some songs, um, later on, um, his uncle was in Vietnam. Um, and so he like, he has like personal 
stuff with it, but I think that I think I agree with you totally that this song is more about like an idea that he's thinking about the world than like about a personal experience. And I feel that the first ten songs really tell a journey that he was going through. Uh, and that worked so well, but uh, yeah, this is a, a really good song that I dig a lot, and I know it really well, but I don't know why. I don't know when I found it, you know, versus mm-hmm. the other ones, because I certainly did listen to the other one as that ten. So. Yeah. Um, also, one of my favorite lyrics on this album is in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it, there's a, a repeated line: "What's reality? What's reality? What's reality?" It's a fucking bullet. <laughs> You like that part? Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so he's like singing that so uh, delicately, and then mm. he's like, it's a fucking bullet. I'm like, whoa. You're like, oh, okay. okay. Hey, whoa. I'm just, I'm just a listener. I'm just a listener to your song. No threats. And see, I didn't, I've never understood what he's really saying at that last one. The, the lyrics, I'm on A to Z lyrics right now, and it says it's a fucking bang, but I like bullet oh. more. Uh, yeah, that's what it has on Genius. Either, oh, either way, I, right? Yeah. I never really trust any of them. Uh, unless I get album <laughs> notes, I think yeah. they have some of these lyrics like from Airborne somewhere, uh, you know, like the liner notes and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's it's it's a that part is really cool because he's he again he repeats a lot of that line, you know, like what's reality. But then when he fucking screams that part, it's just and then like the music like goes from there and they just like start like, kind of rocking out and everything. Yeah. Um, and then he says, I don't know, I don't think he actually has a brother in Iraq, but uh, he says I got a brother in Iraq and I got no way to get him back, uh, no way to get him back, but. Uh, it's uh, again. I, I I think it's not so much anti-war like you were saying. I think mm-hmm. it is without being so overtly. I think it is questioning it, but mm-hmm. uh, some of it is just very. It's uh, introspective, but global, but and and harsh. Some of the mm-hmm. songs, so yeah. But it's cool. And I wonder too. At the end of the song, um, it says. I was thinking about this last night. Um, it basically says like, wonder what we might have done instead with our lifetime, and it repeats that like our lifetime. It says, well, we paid our dues, we did our time, but please tell me exactly what was our crime. We're not standing still for this fire line. While you decide who's, who lives or dies, I hope you choke on all your lies, and it separates <laughs> yeah. each word. And I'm like, is this about Dick Cheney? <laughs> is this, like, written to, like, W and, and Cheney, basically, you know, yeah. like that era? And uh, I, I didn't listen to enough of this album when it first came out. I really liked Some, Some Time Around Midnight, and then uh, I didn't listen to the rest of it so much. And, uh, and again, I'm not sure when I found this song, but... Um, I think this speaks to me more. It speaks to me now because that war is still fucking going on. This album came out 10 years ago. Uh, That war was already going on for, Mm -hmm. what, seven years or six years or uh, somewhere in there. Uh, Like, fuck. And we're still going. So it still says something today. It's crazy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Choke that dick. Okay. (laughs) That was a bad time to drink water. (laughs) Cool. Man, that could have been bad. Yep. Shall we move on to uh, to number 12? Yeah. So this is This Losing. Standing at your doorway My stomach all tangled and tight Have it your way Oh God, where are you? So this losing, I don't know as well. Um, uh, I'm not sure when I found this one, but I think again, kind of in the last few years for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really have a lot to say about it. Um, do you have some notes about this one though? Um, I like the uh, viola on the bridge of this mm. song, and then also because I'm me, 
I made a note like this. This losing follows the winning side. Uh-huh. So I, I see what he's doing there. <laughs> um, yeah, and I really don't... I was trying to go through that song a little bit, listen to it, and then uh, go through the lyrics. I don't remember this one as, as much. Um, did you get anything out of this one, like lyrically or, or anything? Um, not really. Um, yeah. Not anything that I wrote down anyway, so... Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, it was a, a fine song from yeah, what I remember, I think... but I just don't. Yeah, I, I wish I would have realized uh, what were you listening? You were listening to for the album. Um, I didn't kind of quite realize it until this morning when I was going through the second half of it that all mm-hmm. these were listed as like bonus tracks. So, uh, but yeah, I think it's it's a good song. I don't know it as well. I think it was kind of tacked on as a bonus song. Um, yeah. There's there's some things they do, um, some bonus ones that I found in the last few years that it's almost like a weird. It's this weird thing where like since I didn't hear it initially, I don't associate it with the album. I guess you know. They're just, like, totally separate, like, one-off songs, but they weren't released as, like, singles. Yeah. They're just, you know, like, extras, like, B-sides, I guess, but, like, individually released. Um, and uh, so this is kind of one of those to me. I don't know it that well. But, yeah. But I dig yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then the last one is The Girls and Their Summer Dresses. The girls in their summer dresses. Uh, yeah, it's funny to me now thinking back on you, like ending the album this way. Uh, it doesn't fit. doesn't nope. fit very well. And again, I just found this song in the last few years, so uh, I like this song, but I don't know it that well. And it's kind of like a lighter, kind of like poppy song, almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know that that fits really with the rest of the, the album. Yeah, you know? on uh, I wrote notes for all these songs. Uh-huh. The only note I wrote for this song <laughs> is, nope. <laughs> so you don't like this one at all. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think the I like the guitar in it. Um, I re-listened uh, to it this morning before we started recording, um, and it's, there's nothing offensive about the song. No, I wouldn't yeah. say the song is bad. It's just it's not for me. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> you know? fine. Totally. Like the, yeah. the, the lyrical content, um, and then yeah, it's just uh, uh, like we've talked before uh, my favorite band is Slipknot they put out an album also in 2008 called All Hope Is Gone and I bought the bonus track version of it and it ends on like two or three really weird songs like I wish mm. I almost wish I would have bought just like the truncated yeah. like 12 track version instead of the extra fifth or the extra three tracks making it 15 it's just I, but I'm just a person that likes to have oh I like this thing so I want yeah. all of this thing you know <laughs> oh, sure yeah I would have regretted not having those songs but yeah mm. it's just um, it's just you know part of listening to an album in sequence like this it's uh, yeah it just doesn't fit with the rest of it but yeah you know this it's, one for it's, sure it's yeah. bonus stuff right so it's just you know all is all is fair there yeah I think if you have separated from the actual album itself then it's fine but uh, mm-hmm. if you listen to all in a row if you're just gonna sit down and listen to it it's a, it's a weird ending to the journey that you went on that it would go through these three <laughs> last songs and then in this thing I don't yeah I mean this song's okay I don't listen to it a ton um, I've kind of put it into my rotation a little bit on my like Spotify playlist that I keep for Airborne um, but I don't yeah I don't keep it on like my main list of songs that I listen to with theirs and like that mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, yeah but it's it's there it's there. It's there. Like I said, it's you not a bad song. That. 
it's not a bad song. It's just uh, yeah. it doesn't seem to fit on uh, on this album. But mm. that's okay. You know, when you're, uh, I'd say this this out of uh, the 13 tracks, I'd say uh, there's a good solid 11 tracks on here. Like the mm. first 11, I think yeah. are are really good. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't remember uh, this losing. I know like I can't at all like, for some yeah, reason. <laughs> I know I listened to a little bit and I'm like I don't remember the rest of the song though. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I I don't remember disliking that song. But mm-hmm. uh, I'd say you know 11 out of uh, out of 13 is uh, yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah awesome. So yep. uh, so a few more facts about uh, this album whenever they it came out and everything. Um, they did a series of uh, music videos like acoustic music videos to promote the album. They did one song a week in order on the album up to Innocence, uh, which they released the week that the album came out. So they are called uh, Bombastic Videos on their website or like on their YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are awesome. Some of them are okay and some of them are, are better, um, but they're really cool. They use such inventive things. They're, they're filmed uh, around LA in various port, uh, places. Uh, two of my favorites are- It's, it's almost <clears throat> like he's leaving a series of clues around the city. <laughs> Each video depicts a part of the murder or, you know, <laughs> he's buying gloves in one, he's throwing away the bloody gloves later, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're really cool. Um, it's such a, a, an awesome idea. And I actually found these years later too. I think I found these in like 2012 or so. Like it wasn't when they first came out um, that I actually found them on YouTube and stuff and was looking for these. But uh, they have one for um, uh, the song Changing, which is cool because it starts with um, I think it's a, a, a newer song of theirs. They, ha- they keep going after this album too, but they start one where they're, they're, they use um, like water glasses filled to different heights. So they do different sounds and that's how they start the song. And then they go into it. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do another one um, like on a carousel. Um, they do one on a boat where the drummer is just like tapping along with one hand and he's driving the boat with the other. Um, <laughs> they do one on a bus. Um, they're, they're all of it. Sometimes they're just like on the floor. They just like record these little videos. They're just like one, one shot videos of them, like doing acoustic things. Like they might have like one little snare drum. They might have like a toy piano, um, that they're playing instead of like the violin or whatever. That's fine. Um, yeah. they have another one from the new, a newer album later on that, um, they do it at a church, like a cathedral. That's super cool. And it's like just two, two guys, like their bassist at the time, Noah Harmon and Mikhail Jalay on stage. And it starts off in the back of the church and it just kind of slowly moves forward until they get in like the main view of the screen. They're just very inventive music videos, very short, um, very cool. So, uh, yeah. I really like those. I would highly recommend those to check them out. Um, they also did a, 30 shows and 30 days UK tour because oh they were huge in the UK. So like England and Scotland, they love this band. Like they're very, in, in that sense, they're very kind of British. I can imagine that there's some other people. They toured with the uh, Fratellis, which is another band in that era that um, is kind of like rock like theirs, whatever they, they remind me of other like UK bands. I mean, I'm sure the Fratellis are from the UK, but they remind me of some other bands in that era too. But um, they, people there just like really took to them. So they, they did this 30, 30 shows in 30 days touring around and it was like fucking crazy. They ended up touring and doing like, uh, 354 shows to pr- pr- promote this album, uh, over Damn. like two years, over like 2008, 2009. Um, and then they, uh, they did a song about, they, I think it's called, this is London about their tour and about how they missed it because it was like crazy and they barely slept and it was just insane, but it was so much fun because they were playing, to brand new fans all over the UK and like little bars and like clubs and whatever, anywhere. 
and it was just so like life changing and they missed it. Um, so that was like kind of a big thing. And then they ended their touring that 354 shows doing a show on December 4th, uh, 2009 at the Walt Disney concert hall, which they released into a DVD and then now a Blu-ray that I own. That's uh, spectacular. And it's so weird again, that nobody's heard of them because they perform <laughs> with like a full orchestra in uh, the Walt Disney Concert Hall, and it's like this big deal, and it's so fucking cool. Um, it's, uh, let's see, they were accompanied by the Calder Quartet that I mentioned earlier, so they have like a, a quartet on stage helping them out. They had a the Lalo Guerrero Children's Choir. They had the Belmont High School Marching Band, a Mexican uh, folk lorico dancers, and a number of guest musicians, including horn players and an accordionist. Uh, so they had like this show is like spectacular. It's so cool. It almost feels like they were like brand new and they were possibly you know one hit wonders with that song, but they probably weren't even that because nobody knows it. Uh, and they like got this opportunity to do this amazing show, and they were like, let's fucking pour everything into it, you know. Mm-hmm. And they have it's so spectacular. It's such a cool show. Uh, makes me want to watch it right now. Uh, and so it's just really neat. Like this whole journey from this album. And I'm, I, I wish they had more fans. I wish they were more well-known. But at this point, I'm also kind of like, I think that they like where they're at. I think they like being a touring band, like a working band, and doing their own shit and not, you know, having a say in everything they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just really cool. And uh, I, I really love everything they did. They, they're very inventive with their music and lyrics, but also with the way that they toured and the way they did music videos. Like, it's all kind of just for them and just trying shit out. So the, uh, I respect the- it. The coolest part of that show they did at uh, at that Disney place. Mm-hmm. Where was it at? Disney the concert hall. Disney, Disney concert, concert hall. hall was when uh, they had Goofy come out. They were yes. like five, six, seven, gorge. <laughs> the crowd gets crazy. They into went it. nuts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so it's it's really cool. If you can find that, I would check that out. But uh, otherwise, their bombastic music, music videos are really cool too. Yeah, and. Um, so kind of final thoughts of the album. I know we kind of went through that a little bit with, you know, there's like a good 11 songs for sure on the album that are really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those 10 are really solid as like one story, uh, one, one concept. Um, uh, but uh, obviously I love this album a whole lot. Um, I did want to mention though, uh, I initially liked that sometime around, around midnight song. Um, and the rest of the album was a little like not my taste at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually start listening to the rest of their music until, their next album came out in 2010 or 11, I think. Um, and mm-hmm. I really like that one a whole lot. That's actually like probably my favorite album of theirs. But um, once I listened to that, I was like, man, I should really go listen to the rest of them. Like I, I liked them enough to that one song to buy their second album. And then I loved it even more. And it's even, uh, there's some slower songs on it and stuff that are really mm-hmm. introspective and really cool. But uh, years later, I went back and started listening to this one and I was, I fell in love with so many of the songs that I hadn't before. So uh, to me, it's kind of, it's weird. It kind of grew on me over time and they, you know, slowly became my favorite band once that second album and then the third album and whatever. It was like, man, like every time they come out, like these songs speak to me, there's something about them. So, uh, yeah, obviously I love it, but I was curious, you know, it's not generally your type of music, uh, but you seem to enjoy some of the songs. So mm-hmm. what did you kind of think overall? So, yeah, you're right. This is not my type of music that I typically listen to, but I liked it. I liked it overall. Um, cool. It's uh, it's something that I would actually go back and listen to again and check out some of their newest stuff as well. Um, I probably would go back and listen to this one a few more times through just to um, better, uh, to get my, my water wings a little bit more for uh, for what's in store for, for later stuff, you know. Um, 
because like I said earlier, I think this is something that once you listen to it repeatedly, yeah. things um, settle for you a little bit better. I'm not saying that it's difficult to listen to or anything, yeah, but yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it rewards you upon realism, yeah, I think, which is um, something that's hard to do, especially nowadays where uh, there's just so much constant new music and, you know, uh, you know, I, I know you're constantly looking for what's Meek Mill putting out? What's Cardi B doing? What's you the know, first? You, what do you even say? You can't get enough. <laughs> Steven is always B. like, what is Migos up to? That, yeah. You, <laughs> I Snapchat a lot of it. <laughs> I think. Yeah, and, Grandpa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a... It's almost like I'm kind of stuck in this era too. I like I like music from like 2008. Yeah, that's to okay. 2013. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, know, fine, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine to like what you like. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. That's fine. Uh, um, so going in, I thought this was going to be poppier than it ended up being, um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just um, it, it changed my expectations. It's definitely an alternative band, but I was thinking they were going to be something just kind of generally because i don't know i don't typically listen to this type of music i was thinking it's going to be something a little bit closer to uh oh man why why does this keep happening i I get like to the end of a sentence and i just like forget the last word i was thinking it's going to be more like um man what is that band that fucking does uh like hey there delilah you know that type oh, of stuff. Oh yeah, which is also in Greek a whole lot, so that makes sense. Yeah, um, yes, plain yeah. white tees, plain white tees, plain white tees. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of in that in that vein. They've yeah. uh, look, they've that got era. one mi- minority in the band, yeah. like plain white yeah. tees, and uh, <laughs> there's guitars. <laughs> yep, there you go. I can totally see that. All the connective there. tissue is there. It makes sense uh, that you would think that though, going into it, because it's that same era, and yeah, and they were really popular and stuff. Get yeah. Kind of generally like that same Sonic universe there. Ooh, Sonic Universe. Ooh. Suck it, Mario. Um, so, uh, Mikhail is clearly an excellent songwriter, um, but for me, like, the highlights of this album were the rhythm section. I thought uh, the, cool. the drums and the bass were fantastic on this whole thing. I love yeah. the sound of the bass here. It has, like, a really warm, like, tone to it. It's very distinct from the guitar. Um, I listen to, like I said, a lot of metal, and the bass guitar gets drowned out it's like mm-hmm. uh, let's turn it down uh, or yeah, yeah. the bass player plays exactly what the guitarist is doing that's not the case here the bass is uh, has its own separate musicality in the the mix and uh, the drums are great like yeah cool the the producing on this like the crashes and the um um uh, what was that one song with the uh, the dance beat in it uh happiness uh hot penis is overrated uh is uh has a really cool dance beat and it has like yeah. the open hi-hats in there um i just i liked it a lot i, I was really yeah, cool. impressed with that and um oh man i'm, uh, I'm i don't liking... i don't focus on drummers as much so um oh. or and like again like i like music but i don't know i don't listen to all the details and stuff i can't pick it out all of a sudden or all mm-hmm. the time so like when you say that i'm like oh yeah i totally agree with that but i i wouldn't have said it necessarily Mm-hmm. Uh, I unfortunately put the drummers in the back and don't think about them much. Oh my uh, God. But I like the beats. I, I like whenever the lyrics were on beat and everything, you know. You just put uh, a, a sheet over them so they go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> then they just get transported on a truck and then set up. And then whenever you take the sheet off, they wake back up and then start playing. Well, they have like a big turning key in the back, like one of those monkeys. Basically, I just want oh, to be like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the they have the symbols. Symbol monkey. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Symbol yeah. monkey. That's what they call. Yep. That's uh, what I call I drummers. Like... <laughs> hey, symbol monkey. Get to playing. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and I think Anna has a really uh, good voice. She does a lot of really good. Um, yeah. Maybe not a lot, but she does some really good harmonies uh, with mm-hmm. Mikael on this. Uh-huh. She does a lot more in, in future albums as well, mm-hmm. um, where she gets uh, a more major role in the songs and stuff. And she, her layering and stuff is so great. That's why I like her band, The Bulls. Uh, her voice is very like ethereal and different and cool. And um, she's she's a good bounce to uh, Mikel Jalea thing as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah I dig um, her a lot. Uh, that's really all my my thoughts on the the album itself. But I do have a drinking game for this album. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> that makes total sense. <laughs> uh, so for the drinking game for the debut album, the self titled album from the Airborne Toxic Event, followed by Ducktales, is take a shot every time a line in the lyrics begins with the word and. Mm. Also. Prepare to be dead in nine minutes. <laughs> I was like, that's probably going to happen a lot. <laughs> yeah. It does happen a lot when I was looking through the lyrics. It's like uh, he, he will go through there, and the beginning of almost like every other line is is the word and. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, and, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, busting his balls a little bit. Uh, yeah. he, he, it was a good album. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was wondering if there's any more to the drinking game. I, I'm sure that you could make more, uh, but I do like any drinking game that makes you dead soon. Oh, yes. Uh, it's always a good sign for one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, Brent, again, I'm very glad that you uh, recommended this for us to do on the podcast. I'm glad you were able to listen to it all the way through. And I'm glad you liked a lot of it. Um, I know, uh, again, this isn't your type of music, but anytime that you listen to something that kind of gets you, you know, liking it, everything, like you said, like you'd mm-hmm. like to listen to more of theirs or uh, this album again, everything, that's awesome. So, uh, I think this is yeah. a really good album because my wife and I, we listen to different um, music generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this would be a good album to like play in the house when we're like, you know, um, cleaning the house or, um, if we're in the car together or whatever, this is a, a good album to, uh, to share with one another yeah, before cool. we start bickering <laughs> or to like drown out the bickering. Uh, yeah. Can't, can't do that. Yeah. It's too loud. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> well, uh, I'll try to think of some other songs to recommend, uh, to you and, and the listeners, uh, from okay. their other albums and stuff, but, uh, I definitely mm-hmm. recommend this and certainly check them out. Uh, they're a great band and they're, they're hopefully coming out with a uh, new album soon. They've been talking about a new album in 2018. I don't think we have any time left. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they've been talking about touring back into, in 2018. They haven't. Uh, it's 11 59 so. PM on yeah, right. December 31st. <laughs> They could do it, man. They yep. so they're they released two albums, three albums. I can't remember what it was now. They released uh, an, an album called Dope Machines in 2015, and it's uh, a more like synth uh, heavy album. It's a uh, different sound from them. Like it still sounds like them. It still rocks, but it's still like uh, it's different. And some fans weren't really liking some of the songs that were coming out for it. But uh, on the day of release or the day before release, they were like, "Oh, by the way, we're releasing two albums today." Holy and shit. the second one is an acoustic album, like more like our normal stuff. But we had a bunch of songs, and they were different, and so we wanted to release this like new change for us. But we wanted to release these like acoustic songs that really meant something to us as well. So yeah. they released Dope Machines, and then there's a, an album called Songs of God and Whiskey at the mm-hmm. same time, and they're both epic. And it, I remember I I didn't follow them enough at the time to know like the album was coming out. I kind of find out about it like right when it was coming out. So I wasn't like anticipating it for a year, like most people were, and then getting another album. But either way, like being a huge fan and then all of a sudden, whoever you like drops two albums in one day without expecting it. It's like fucking crazy and it's so cool. So yeah. uh, all of a sudden we had like 20 songs to listen to or 24 or some shit, you know. Mm. But yeah, so uh, 
really dug the album. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about this or anything else, Brent? Uh, no, I think we're good. It was a good time. Cool. Thank you for um, bringing this album oh. into our lives, Stephen. You're so welcome. As I said, I, I like to uh, shout them from the rooftops and let people know about them because they're just not that well known. And I think that their music is really good and it can really speak to some people. Right. Are you, uh, are you part of their street team? Are you the marketing department? Is that why none of us have... All right, all right. <laughs> Wait, if, if I am, then I'm doing a very bad job, right? Yeah. Because I still, still people don't know about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know that many people, so <laughs> yeah. I can't I think spread the word the that problem. much. <laughs> I think that's why you go to the, to the mall is to like market uh-huh. them. But then by the time you get there, you're in a bad mood. And you're like, everyone get out. <laughs> well, I wear a sandwich board. That has mm-hmm. their info on it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then it's heavy, and it makes me frustrated and tired, mm-hmm. obviously. And then uh, there's people around there. Brent, have you been to a mall? I try not to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I went once, and this guy was like, get out. So I was like, all right. <laughs> I got to go. Okay. Right. Um, but yeah, so thanks for listening today, everybody. Uh, you can listen. Uh, you can't listen. No, you can. Uh, <laughs> listen to this episode. <laughs> All over again if you just start it over. From the top. Five, six, seven, gorge. Um, if you have a show suggestion, question, comment, dog picture, or pop culture combat contender, uh, or anything else you want to talk about, please email us at let's talk about stuff podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me, or you can. I'm all over the place. Holy fuck. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LTASpod. You can follow me on Letterboxd and Twitter at stevenfisher 22 and you can follow Brent on Twitter and Instagram at Brent Hibbard. Yes, and email us at letstalkaboutstuffpodcast at gmail.com. So, for next week... Wait, didn't I already say that? Did you? I, I, thought, you, <laughs> I thought you skipped it. I, I was like, there. did I say it wrong? Is that why you're like, actually, it's Let's Talk About Stuff podcast. I was like, did I miss that? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows anymore? I screwed all of that up, so That's don't right. worry about it. We probably need it at the hey, end. Hey, you know what? Uh, send us two emails now. <laughs> you made us do that. At both email addresses. Go listen back to it. You'll hear the difference. Yeah. We, we will respond to one of them. <laughs> oh, my God. So for next week, we are going to do another Asian pop culture episode. And yeah. uh, we wanted to, uh, to let you know we are going to be watching the movie Psychokinesis from 2018 on Netflix. It's mm-hmm. directed by the same director of Train to Busan and Soul Station. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. It came out earlier this year, and we were like, hey, we got to do this. So again, yep. wait until December. <laughs> Get it in at the very We second. have to do this sometime this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this calendar year. So um, that's what we're going to do. Psychokinesis yep. on Netflix. Super excited. If you have a Netflix account, it's already there. It's waiting for you. Do it. Check it out. Come back. We'll discuss it. We'll talk about it since that's the name of the yep. show. But uh, we'll have some other uh, Asian pop culture stuff to discuss as well. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Be sure to download and subscribe this episode that you're listening to right now. <laughs> I don't know why I went into that. Uh, but I thought it was necessary at the time, yeah, I suppose. That's fine, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for that movie. Uh, that'd be really fun. That uh, yeah. Train of Basan, I... I love that movie so much. I almost put it on the other day, again, randomly, because I showed up on Netflix, and I was like, yeah, I should watch that. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, super pumped for this one. Uh, Yeah, if nothing else, uh, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. It's pronounced crayon. Let's talk later. You son of a bitch. You never let it go. No, that's going to be my sign-off from now on. (laughs) I decided it. Did so well I guess I just can't and do you have a sync word for this one? It's a long one, but it's Michael Jordan's Hitler stash. Okay, all right. <laughs>
too bad that entire conversation was not uh, not recorded. But <laughs> listen, nobody's listening anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> it's if, fine. If they are listening, the the premise that we came up with is that Michael Jordan <laughs> got duped by the quarter trick, where you trace lead mm-hmm. around a uh, a quarter, have somebody roll it down their face, except he did it, and there was like fur attached to it. Yep which is why he has that weird Hitler mustache now. And we came up with an idea that he would just roll it from the back of his neck all the way down to his pubes, and he would have that same width of hair Uh all the way down. Like, what if... If somebody is still listening to this. Like, what if he had had a mohawk to match that? And what if that mohawk Mm -hmm. went to the back of his neck? And then what if he had a little goatee? And then what if he had chest hair? Mm -hmm. All in one row, which was a giant arrow in his pubes. It'd be dedication, and uh, it'd be beautiful, frankly. <laughs> also, I, I like that it ends in an arrow at his pubes, like pointing directly to his dick. So if somebody is looking at him from behind, they're like, oh, it must be a map. And they just follow it all the way down <laughs> around the top of his head, tracing it down his chest. It's like, oh, my oh God. there's the prize at the end. He's like, ladies, fellas, <laughs> you found it. Yeah, man, I wish I was good at Photoshop so I could like at least do like <laughs> a, the neck up version of this, if not the full uh-huh. thing, obviously. But uh, I want to see just like the goatee mustache mohawk that's like one line uh, mm-hmm. on anybody, really. But on Michael Jordan, that, that would just be fantastic. So if anybody has any Photoshop skills out there, please, uh, please do that. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of <laughs> on searches for Michael Jordan nude. <laughs> <laughs> Arrow pubes. <You're> trying to... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So you want to do the sync word? <laughs> I've, I forgot <clears throat> what the, the sync word even is. is. Was it Michael Jordan Hitler, Hitler stash, stash or mustache? Hitler stash. Michael Jordan Hitler stash. Uh-huh. MJHS. Yep. Is the best. Oh, MJ High School. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, when you're just like casually talking and sometimes you just move into a cheer on accident. Britt yeah. does it all the time. He was an old cheerleader. Wait, hold on. <laughs> all right. Did a quick cartwheel. Okay. <laughs> Raring to go. Oh, my God. Uh, again, the visual there was quite fantastic. You guys all missed that. It's a small room, but Brett pulled it off. Oh, man. Uh, okay. So, Michael Jordan Hitler stash on, on three. I don't know why I got thrown <laughs> off by that. On two. What? <laughs> it's gonna be like Die Hard. Where we count down to count down to three, but I just say it on two. Just throw things off. Don't don't fuck with me, Brent. Yep. All right. So on three. One, two, three. Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan Hitler, Hitler stash. <laughs> okay. It's gonna work great. Yeah. It's gonna sure. work great. Oh, as long man. as we've got the m- then, you know, yeah. we're good. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah, about. exactly. There we go. We should need like one syllable of it. We yeah. probably got one out of those. So Hey, it's fine. you know what? Let's just go ahead and say right now, nailed it. Michael Jordan's Hitler stash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On three. One, two, three. Michael, Michael Jordan's, Jordan's Hitler, Hitler stash. stash. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? That one was a layup. <laughs> Right now, an all-new DuckTales, followed by Daredevil. <coughs> bless me. Bless you. I said bless me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you say that before. Steven, bless me. Okay. <laughs> I'm waiting.
I'm gonna play just uh, for us again. I'm gonna play uh, like a little part of each, um, and then we can talk about on guitar. Then, okay. That, yeah, I gotta go get it. <laughs> I'm not gonna get it. I'm gonna be tuning uh, for the next seven and a half minutes. <laughs> ming, 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 ming. Guys, you'll never believe it. That was not a guitar. That was not a guitar. That was Brent, guys. That was Brent's mouth. Yeah. And let us sink again. Michael Jordan, Hitler stash. (laughs) Three. You did this. You did I know. I'm regretting it. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. So on three. One, two, three. Michael Michael Jordan, Jordan, Hitler Hitler stash. stash. You know what it is? It's like uh, when you do that row, row, row your boat thing. And then, like, somebody else does it. Like, there's a Michael slight delay Jordan that kind of throws me off. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs>